welcome everyone to the Feta ARPG podcast, episode number 119. Quick before we start, I need your help. My channel is not doing well. Many people tell me the podcast is better than it's ever been before, but it doesn't do as well as last year. And a number of people tell me that they're not getting notifications for my uploads. So if you could please make sure you're subscribed and you have the notification bell activated, that'd be great. Also, if you want to help out, leave a comment and a like to show YouTube that you like this content. I do have to bring this up. We got a really great season planned out with many episodes and awesome guests, and I want them to get the attention and exposure they deserve. And for me to be able to continue doing this next year, the podcast and the channel both need more success or more support or both. And in order to shout out the active supporters, we've started to include the end screen credits role since a couple episodes ago, which shows all the current supporters who helped me do this content. And you can secure yourself a spot in the credits role at the end of the next episode with a paid subscription via either Patreon, YouTube, or Twitch. That said, thank you. And now without further ado, let's dive into the episode. We are one week into 3.23 Affliction. And there's tons of things to talk about. Welcome with me, our co-host, Ballermage. How are you doing? I do. I'm doing fantastic. Still in love with the league. Still calling it a top three ever. Yeah, yeah. Some people disputed that. I'm, I'm curious what the other people on the panel uh, will say. Uh, should we bring them in? Let's go. Let's go. We got the one and only Neversync, the mastermind behind the filter blade item filter. Let's go. Hi, how are you doing, Neversync? Hi, thank you. Um, glad to be here. I'm doing well. I've been basically no life in the league in the past week and been really enjoying the progress so far. I have uh, quite a few things to say, positive and negative, but I think we'll wait for those. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to get into that with you. And of course, to make us complete here, we got Wolfio, who is a meticulous YouTuber who likes to get his hands on all kinds of weird interactions and skills in Path of Exile and knows the nitty gritty of a lot of things that I don't know. How are you doing, Wolfio? Hey, doing great. Looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I did my homework a little bit and researched what you guys were doing, and I, I imagine you have some exciting things to talk about i guess we'll start with you never think let us know what you leak started with for the context uh, what build did you go with sure so i've played softcore trade i've played solo and not solo cell phone just solo, no party and i usually play so my go-to approach is i don't i never play the same build uh, this is mm -hmm. so that i always have this feeling of discovery this feeling of Crashing and the wall, fixing, learning something. It also helps with building filters if you actually know a ton of playstyles. So I've been playing Frostblink or Wintry Blast totems. It might sound awful, but it actually is not. The defenses are something like eh, but you know, it's 50 million boss DPS and I can dish out even more. I've been uh, cruising through all types of content. It's uh, really, really fast since I'm actually running Valkyrie since my damage is so good. Um, it's destroying most types of content. Uh, and yesterday, I actually felt like, okay, no, no life in PoE too much. I'm playing it way too much right now. I need to get back and start working on other projects. So I um, decided to gamble my money, bought like 55 puzzle boxes, opened them all, got the map that I needed to run to get the Mage Blood. Uh, that was super risky, but did that, got the Mage Blood now, and now I'm back what, to you finished it? that. Yep, 
and now I'm back. It would it was a one portal, six extra projectiles, ten uh, percent less damage per item equipped map that would voided my character on death. Uh, oh. So um, yeah, for uploaded the video of that. It was the most anxiety inducing moment in like my PoE career. Um, so yeah, now I'm back to the problem that I actually have something to play, and I'm considering making a second build. But at the same time, I think I want to do a little bit more game and filter development. So yeah, I need to I need to think how to schedule my time around. But definitely exciting week so far. Lots of things to discuss. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the the, the Seth Valdos thing. I've seen your upload, and I clicked and I watched the intro, but then I didn't want to spoil myself for the podcast. So I was like, oh, I'll ask that tomorrow on the podcast. How that went? How that went? But yeah super cool that you actually did that because I, I think a lot of people don't really want to do these valdos that void your character but um if the reward is good i'm willing to go for that i mean i want a story that's what i want from the game i want every league to feel like a story and this um something new to discover and i'm, I'm not going to void my character for a bait dress or something like that but if it's a mage <laughs> blood and the odds are fair why not i think those are some of the best designs right right yeah uh that that sounds very awesome. Wolfio, would you uh, tell us a little bit about your league starter? Did you start right away with the character that you're on right now? I looked at it yesterday, and it had a little no. bit of a different name than than what the the skills said to me. Yeah, th there are so many new skills, and I thought, oh, that's that's my dream league. So many new skills, but so far I'm still on my first character. This is probably never never happened at the league start, and uh, started with some raging spirit minions that built it. But I did not like with the Transfigure Gem, but I did not like the increased cast speed. It just felt so clunky and uh, was looking forward to transitioning into something else. Since I was already stacking Minion Life, uh, someone mentioned, well, actually one of the viewers mentioned Body Swap. And uh, the numbers on Body Swap, the Transfigured version, are kind of nuts. So I've been doing that, essentially using Spectres that they revive themselves. And using body swap to consume those specters to scale my damage uh, with those specters life and the damage scaling is just nuts i fully expect next league to be nerfed um currently it at least in pub shows somewhere around five million average damage um so and i pretty much did not invest anything into this build so i've been using that um and yeah still trying to figure out what to do for the next build uh, wait, I'm I, curious. I, I need to, I need to ask paralysis. this because wait, you said specters that revive themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. how does that work? The, like, because I was yeah. wondering. I, I saw you so use good. the body swap and the specter yeah. gem, but I was like, how do you make sure that you don't consume your specters? But yeah, the dark marionettes they revive themselves. Uh, a normal version also explodes during five hundred. Or should I say five five percent of their uh, life as physical fire and lighting damage. And also a perfect one also uh, applies Scorch. I believe Scorch is like 9 or 10%. Wow. So Interestingly strong, enough, yeah. that Scorch is universal. I put them on my Hex Blast, and they Scorch for 8 to 10%, depending on the explosion. Never more than 10, never less than 8. It even happens on Pinnacle Bosses. I put them on my HP, like minion HP scaling, minion instability build. They scorch for eight to ten. Nothing changes. Yeah. Same scorch. Don't know why. I've it's always set to minimum scorch. Uh, sorry, what? I've had them uh, scorch for two percent. I wasn't even sure that's possible. So, um, 
I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe they changed it. I have stopped using them in the past days, but yeah. The fire resistant mobs, I see two to three. Everything oh, okay. else, I see eight to ten. Okay, okay. And there are so many other good users for those specters. Uh, not just uh, like uh, body swap. People are using extra extra aura with the Guardian's Blessing. Mm -hmm. Although I don't understand how is that consistent. If, if specters die within one second, well, you have to and activate it again. So the, the way you work that is you separate them by having either a Cluster Jewel or a Mastery that gives, one, gives your minions heal on death. So they oh, don't die at the exact same time. As long as still, one of them is alive all the time, then it doesn't matter. They can die as long as they die out of sync. But it has to be one second apart because yes. we revive in one second. So yes. I still don't understand how in practice that is consistent. It's about a 95% uptime. Occasionally it falls off. But it's really easy to put back on, and I'm pressing it way less than you press the normal blessing button, which is what yeah. it replaces, which you had to press anyway. I was gonna say, like, sounds better than Holy Relic anyway, <laughs> better than having to press the button all the time. Hmm. Yeah, uh, super cool. Balor, did you do anything different from like what you told us on Monday evening? I, I think you've made a new build since then, right? Oh, I'm I'm on a whole new build. I've discovered what, as far as I'm concerned, this is the best build I've ever played. Um, it's only got a measly six million damage right now, which for me is quite low. But it feels like twelve to fifteen. It's got a hundred percent uptime no matter what you do. You can't stop doing the maximum amount of DPS even if you wanted to. You never have to aim, you never have to pay attention, you never have to do anything. Everything is automated. It's a complete auto bomber. When I get just a little bit more investment in it, it's gonna have like five, five point two K life, block cap, spell block cap, twenty thousand armor, um, heal on block all that sort of stuff if i was in if i was in trade league i think i could probably triple its damage pretty easily without huge investment and right now i could rebuild this exact character at this exact power in trade league for about one and a half to two divines and it's just breezing through invitations doing my breach lords doing everything it's doing everything and it's automated it's amazing. Um, how, how many specters do you have maximum? Seven. Oh. I'm currently Please. using seven dark marionette specters. Yep. With the helmet. Oh. They're the only minion in the build because that's what the helmet forces you to do. And it's a minion instability build. Their own explosion of that 15% that explosion it gets, 5% is fizz, lightning, and fire, happens at the same time as minion instability. So it's not a 33% explosion. It's a 33% explosion and a separate 15% explosion. And then they just they just pop off. They're just 100% uptime damage. It's as quick as you can run through. It's clear is great. It's not like a bow build clear, but like it's good. Um, hopefully in the next day or two, I take it into all the pinnacle bosses. And uh, did yeah. you get... Uh, min on movement speed because I, I felt like oh, yeah. specters don't oh, yeah. have enough time, but they have some kind of uh, movement speed cap. Um, so they'll, they'll have a cap, but I'll no, I'll get nowhere near it. It's a balancing act, in my opinion, between 
controlling how fast they die and how quick they move. Because you want them yeah. to die as quick as possible. But you want them to get to the edge of your screen before you before they die. So that they will always reach mobs everywhere, especially in bosses. If there's anything even close to your screen, it will reach them before it dies. So it's a little bit of a balancing act of make them take as much as possible, but only as much as your movement speed allows. Right? So the, the more movement speed I put in the build, the quicker I'll be allowed to make them die. And the more my damage will go up. <laughs> right. And how do you degen them? Do you use Tabukai Infernal Legion or Malagaro's shield? Um, I have Malagaro's shield currently on Necromatic Aegis because Is I cannot. It? Well, yeah, that and Infernal Legion. Oh. And that's it because that's. Oh, I can't. I'm in a private league and I can't buy the jewel. I want the jewel um, called Fortress Covenant. Uh, in our private league, I think we have Val 700 gems now. Uh, 700 Cobalt gems have been Valed in the last day and a half looking for this jewel. <laughs> we still don't have it. <laughs> but yeah, if I get that, then I can speed it up even more. Sounds but, yeah, solid. It's, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm actually okay. halfway through building the build guide for it now. I had to stop building that to come on here and then I'll, I'll okay. go back to it after. And you're only running the marionettes, the dark ones, right? The self-providing inspectors? Okay, sounds awesome. Just seven of them. <laughs> uh, by the way, how much life do we have? Like 400 gays? Uh, let me check in my current path of building. I don't even know where it says how much life they've got. I know how much oh, they hit for. Right, right, right. Because we are not in PUB yet. Oh, that's okay. Um... Risen Val Fanatics have exactly the same res and base health and health scaling. So I'm using that. But I don't I don't know where their health is listed. I need to uh, find that, I guess. I tried to look into BOE DB, but like I, I got confused how much actually health we, we sh should have. Oh, there they are. I found them. 240,000 health currently. That's how much health they have currently yeah, in my I build. See that. Uh, calculations page, select raise specter, select show minion stat. And then a the little box of orange on the right-hand side. But you have to import the dark marionette specter. They are not I'm using... I'm using Risen Val Fanatics. Risen they have the exact same scaling according to PoEDB of their life and resistances. So we can use them for now, temporarily. Right, I just want to quickly compare. Yeah, mine has 344,000. Nice. I need more. I, I went to Necromancer and uh, I used the Bitter Bind Point Shield, which gives up to 100% uh, Spectre's maximum life. Yep. Nice. But I'm sure you cannot use that. No, not for what I'm doing. Yeah. That's all right. I'll get, I'll get way more. This is... We're very limited because of a trade league, uh, uh, private league. So I'm just like, I've got what I've got, and we're working the best we can. Yeah, I've been I've been purposefully uh, holding back on the Spectre tech. I mean, you've seen it last week pop up everywhere, right? Like every creator has a video about like here, get a free aura on your character or something like that. Mm -hmm. And 
I, I feel like um, I know how hard it is to keep these alive on a non-minion build. I, I don't know whether I want to do that. And uh, I've, I've heard from so many people that they lost so many divines uh, values of specters, right? Because they made a mistake. Like Lily posted that she switched her gear like a couple of times and forgot to resummon them. <laughs> and then you can't desecrate them, so you have to buy them again and all that. So yeah, I've been um, I've been saving my money until the tech is uh, thoroughly uh, tested out, and I know. How to do it but uh yeah two... sorry what was that i took i took two turtles into the mage flat map um <laughs> the turtles were like 20 chaos each they did not come back but they bravely think the gmp projectors of the mobs you will be missed turtles yeah worth <laughs> sounds good yeah, that's fine them dying is better than you going to void league i'll tell you that yeah yeah they I, of course, wrote Tornado Shot Skeleton Arches on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It, it wasn't that bad, but yeah, that's that's fine. The Spectres are interesting. Um, I'm really liking where they're going with them. Um, but yeah, I'm also not, not exactly certain that I want to include them in my build. I like running with the Dark Marionettes. Uh, these seem to be the best ones for me, but I wouldn't go with the more expensive specters without a proper minion scaling build the big advantage of the dark marionettes and using them is you can't lose them in a map right yep, yep. no minion scaling doesn't matter their job is to die they reform themselves yep they they can taunt they can scorch they can uh annoy yep. enemies and this is perfectly well yeah yeah I've been uh, I've been on that explosive trap trickster that I league started with. Still haven't switched. I'm a little bit slow. This is my first time starting with a boss killer, <clears throat> and uh, I've I've been able to get like the most essential items and some pretty decent gear by now, and also killed a couple of eaters, got some good drops. But uh, the biggest problem, obviously, with a build like that is sustain. Right, I only have like one life flask, and my region isn't very good. The mastery 30 life when a trap is triggered by an enemy is negligible at this point, especially on single target. Right, like while clearing, you notice it definitely because you get more trigger procs. I think maybe I'm wrong there, but I did something. I, I spent a lot of money uh, to get one of these that which was taken jewels, which can oh, roll yeah. the, the charm modifiers, right? And they yeah. roll four of them, like two prefixes and two suffixes. I splurged a little bit and I got a double sustain mod here. I got one with every four seconds regenerate 20% of life over one second and 4% of life when you use a flask with wow. spell suppression and physics extra random element. So this, this is really good. I spent 10 divine and it's really hard for me to tell right now. Is this going to be go going down or is it going to be up? up? Is it a good investment? It's up. probably, I could see this towards the end of the league being 100 divine or something like that. Mm. Probably not 100, but it's easy 40 within two weeks, maybe three. Okay. Okay. So I made a sound decision. Thanks. Thanks, Balor Appraiser. Anyway, yeah, I stacked this with um, with one of those um, Guardian Regen mods on my uh, charm. And now every four seconds I get 1,600 life back. And that's that's been uh, helping me not use my life flask as much. So I only need it to prevent myself from getting like nice. insta-killed when I'm sitting duck after getting hit once. But yeah, now I, I can actually run things and not die. Prolonged boss fights when, you know, I give them like the eater mod with the prevent 
100% of damage and or no, no, prevent 100% and then prevent additional portion of the damage where they end up taking like between 20 and 30% of your damage only. Yeah, that's that's fun now. Talking about defenses, um, I don't know why I never thought about this before, but this first hack that I was doing uh, turned out to be kind of almost immortal. Um, combined uh, like Blood Notch Immutable Force Jewels that recover life uh, from stunning hits. But before that happens, Defiance of Destiny kicks in, so it heals my life. Mm -hmm. Then I take the damage, then Blood Notch heals me. Uh, I also got Viridis Veil, so I'm course immune. Uh, I got, uh, because I'm body swapping, so I'm considered stationary all the time. So I'm using the, uh, what is it called, the Arctic Armor. So I also get, get mitigation from that. Um, and I pretty much can just AFK expeditions. I just open the passive so it doesn't lag and just click my, <laughs> my life flask and, and uh, granite flask. And that's it. Uh, I have nice. I have gas when damage taken. Oh, sorry, gas, gas when stunned linked to body swap. And it just clears expedition in just a couple of seconds. Just insane. <laughs> nice. Uh, you also use that, that one jewel with the outlandishly high stun and block recovery, right? Yeah, yeah. Immutable force. Exactly. Uh, the the Actually, when when I had just Blood Notch, Immutable Force, and Defiance of Destiny, I, I would actually get stun lock. I, I couldn't die, but I couldn't even cast anything because there were like 200 monsters attacking me. So I couldn't even cast anything. So I just threw in cast when stun, and boom, the build, the build is saved, and I can AFK now. That's awesome. The only drawback is uh, Degen. But that's pretty much it. Well, I'm sure you'll find a way to fix that. Nah, well, I'm I'm done with this build, but I think <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be addicted to this kind of uh, defensive layer, Blood Notch, Defiance of Destiny. That's it. I don't need anything else. I don't have armor. I don't have suppression. I do have some block. Yeah, I do have some block, and that's it. And I'm fine. I think my future build is gonna be using this uh, all all league. Nice. That's great. Well, uh, now that we all caught up with what we're doing in the league and what we're playing currently, after we had a week to explore, let's talk a little bit about the affliction because there's been a lot of talk. Like, like you know, some people get insane loot and they're in an MF group, and, and some people are playing solo and are avoiding the afflictions because they make monsters too tanky. But overall, after we've had a week to play around with it, do you think that the challenge slash reward balance is in a good spot? And uh, if not, what would you still like to see changed? Uh, which challenges are, are you talking about? Well, the, I mean, talk, I'm specifically talking about the leak mechanic, like going into the wild mode, you know, risk reward a in the wildwood encounter itself, like when you walk around there and kill this things is, in the wood, and then B, obviously, when you buff monsters in your map. This is my luckiest leak start ever. So far, um, I found 10 divine orbs drop like a row of divine drops. Uh, yesterday, didn't find anything, or and today, just, didn't just find like anything. that. Just random. I found three divines stacked from one expedition randomly, not even juiced up. Uh, wow. The other day, I found another two, and then another one off stream. So it, it's just kind of nuts. Just keep finding divines. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm consuming all my all my luck from, from all the year. So, I mean, in terms of rewards, 
It's kind of hard to tell if it's buffing all the monsters, rarity, quantity. Sometimes it, it's, it's hard to know what's actually causing that reward to drop. Is it is it mechanic? Is it just uh, random luck? But I ha I still have not found the, the final boss in in, uh, in the woods. But I'm not some advice for that. Yeah, I, I saw, but usually I get lost when I go back to the middle and I'm like, wait, is this the middle? Am I supposed to go to the other side now? And I just get lost. And I'm not too worried about finding it, but yeah, it feels a bit too random and um, I wish it was a bit more common to find it. I am I am now finding it several times a day, wow. specifically after reading through Neversync's thread connection on Twitter. Are we fine? Can you guys yeah. hear me? It's okay. Yeah. Yep. There, there was something weird with the connection, but you guys can hear me. I can hear you. Everything fine. I was saying like first divine altar this league, and I found back to back divine altars in Mesa and Jungle Valley. I don't know within three or four maps, or it was back to back maps, but like really small number of maps. And the first one I get three divines, and the second one I got ten divines. So I got well, like thirteen divines in one day of farming. Plus I got an ashes drop and like uh, the forbidden jewel from Eater for the power charge crit mod from assassin i don't Ooh, know the name a anymore a yeah, power infusion or something like that but yeah like oh man such a good day best day ever but yeah i just wanted to bridge the gap when uh there was some connection problems after wolfio was talking about the divine stuff um yeah but, but uh, in terms of the actual league do you do the affliction in every map uh me yeah okay but just randomly go in, try to get as many wisps as possible. It's kind of addicting for me to try to pick them up. I don't know why. Just I feel like a, a vacuum. <laughs> just suck those wisps, and uh, I feel like also getting rewarded, empowering all the the rest of the monsters in the map. So I, I don't worry too much about finding the reward inside the woods. So yeah. My uh, my favorite is finding the events that are downstairs. Like, here's twelve hundred harvest juice just on the spot. I love those events. I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like this league is super rewarding, and I was a little bit confused whether it was or not right at the beginning, because I couldn't tell where my loot was coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the same same opinion. Now that I've been playing it for a while, I'm like, oh, I am getting significantly more than I normally do when I juice my maps. I can notice overall, like if you just run five maps without doing it and run five maps with doing it, the total is very obviously different. But in the individual map, you can struggle to like be like, did that come from the league mechanic or was that like, was that going to drop anyway? And you, you could never know what individual piece was going to happen anyway. But overall, you're definitely getting a lot more. So it's great. It's great. I do it every map. Yeah, I've been doing like a boss rushing strat, right? Like, because I want to generate invitations quickly. So I mm -hmm. try to not full clear the maps, which is kind of hard because the build is fun to play. So I, I end up full clearing the map anyway. But like oftentimes in Misa, I just rush the boss and then go back to the start, go in the Wildwood, buff the rest of the map, and then clear whatever I feel like and and go out. Is that oh. is that something that other people do, or do you think it's it's stupid to not buff the boss? 
if I could force it to triple buff the bosses, that's what I would do. Depends Fair entirely enough. on whether you can handle it or not, though. But, like, it's a lot more loot, and I want it to buff the bosses, but I can't force it, so. I haven't tried it in a while, honestly, to do uh, buff bosses. Maybe maybe it's now fine. If I don't pick the suppression altar mod. <laughs> Does it make bosses noticeably stronger? Because I can't quite tell, because... Yes, absolutely, like, dude. Really? Yeah. My yeah, build does so much, so much damage, uh, so much damage in a single hit. But I can't quite tell. Sometimes, sometimes it just three shots the boss. Sometimes it just one shots the boss. So I can't quite tell if it's actually getting stronger. I'm a bit worried when I do my next build, and it's gonna feel like absolutely nightmare. <laughs> yeah, Mister Neversink, how do you approach the the affliction encounters? I have a few bit of a mixed take on those. Generally speaking, it's also important to regard. Um, what kind of group is gathered here, and that there have been already quite a few patches. So I would like to remind people of how the mechanic was in the first days. And mm. yeah, and then there's also the fact that pretty much most people here have some experience with PoE, to put it lightly. Um, so I have heard a lot of mixed feedback regarding the whole mechanic and its difficulty. And basically, you, I, I do it every map. Um, I d usually do it with the focus of finding the events, as Balo said, or the big boss there, because he is the most rewarding thing to do in there. I pick up Wisps if I can. I, of course, try to find the vendors if I can, but I don't make a huge focus on finding those. I find the mechanic, to be honest, very... It does significantly improve the rewards. There's no doubt about that. I've been tracking the vines, the new MTX. It's also a bit of a topic of itself. Um, that tracks the drops definitely helps seeing. I have like 17 raw, uh, raw divine drops since Tuesday. Um, it's definitely more than you would usually find. And the loot is significant. On top of that, it stacks well with something like Expedition. You get a lot more... Um, Lockbooks, you get a lot more reroll currency, so it works really well with some um, mechanic types. Expedition for me is the best example where Expedition plus Wildwood is like it's a it's a golden marriage. It's perfect. It's worked so well. I've also made like insane amounts of money by selling rock crafted gear. Uh, I, I don't mm -hmm. even know how much. I think like 50 divines easily. Um, so I've been basically uh, supplying the whole trade league in near perfect crafts. Um, but the mechanic itself, looking back at it, I would say it's aesthetically pleasing, really well done, but long term, I don't actually think I like it. Uh, I, I, I think we like the outcomes. We like the fact that it buffs the monsters, but it's kind of the same as Sentinel. Like We like Sentinel because it buffs monsters, you get loot. But do I actually like the wildwood exploration? I would probably say no. It's not really interesting. Uh, it is very random. I don't feel like there's much to it or much to find there. You will occasionally stumble blindly into a boss. And the best way to explore that is a little bit of a blind exploration. Um, then, so, but I'm, I'm not saying that the mechanic is bad. I'm not saying it's uh, not a, it's a bad leak. I'm not saying that at all. I'm actually having a blast. I'm enjoying it at all. But I would not like it to go core. 
I don't think we should be having this portal at the start of the league that prolongs the map. You go in, you stumble blindly, you find some random rares. There's really not much to explore there. Sometimes you find an event and get a bit of a beyond fight or a bit of harvest out of that. And then you proceed with the map that is just randomly overly juiced. And if your build can handle that, it's basically just a little bit more loot. If your build can't handle that, it's it'll probably will destroy you. And then sometimes you get some silly moments where you get like a triple buffed uh, boss or exile that will uh, just dominate the map. So I feel like there should be more nuance to it. I liked actually the Sentinel implementation more because it gave the same outcome with more control and it was much more in passive exile style. It's the same way because the new Atlas is better than the previous one because it gives players more control. This feels like it adds more quantity instead of adding more um, actual quality gameplay. I mean, the out-of-Wildwood experience is just more loot, and the in-Wildwood experience is a few more events and not really noteworthy fights. Frankly, the boss fight, I, my build stomps him so fast I still haven't learned the mechanics. I only know what to do in the maze. I never saw him actually cast anything. The other bosses are not noteworthy. I learned to dodge the totem guy, that's, no, the rock guy, because the rock hurts. Um, but everything the stagnation else... stagnation boss copy, you mean, like the troll Yes, yes. The, yeah. uh, but everything else is absolutely not noteworthy. This is just my experience. And I want to like also add, the aesthetically, it's pleasing. I love the NPCs. I love the sentences, at least for a leak. It's really interesting. And I think something should definitely go into the core gameplay. But I feel like if, if this will go core, people will get very boring of it, or it will become a mandatory boring part of every map that just adds quantity and time consumption instead of quality. This is a bit of a mistake. I don't want to shame the league too much because i feel like it's an excellent league with a lot of cool content a lot of things to explore but game design wise i don't think this mechanic holds its waters to other things poe has included oh i, I definitely see what you're saying there like i don't think they're reinventing the wheel with the mechanic or anything but it's just the right league at the right time Right, we yes. just have an update with so many new skill gems to play around and so much enthusiasm just to to experiment in the game. And then having a league that has a somewhat, you know, granted shallow mechanic, but gives you so much borrowed power that you can play around with and like kind of make up for the individual weaknesses of the build that you're trying is uh, is really just the perfect the perfect league at the perfect time, which is why I think Balor and I would rate it so high, like intuitively. But I've definitely seen after last episode, we said top three, like some comments that were like, it's not even close to top three gameplay wise. So I'm, I'm still far on the opposite. This is still like top three for me, but I don't disagree with anything Neversink said. I even think it's probably... I even think it needs a change still for like less experienced people. There needs to be an exit button. You can't oh, be forcing people to do 2,000, 3,000 juice in their map before they can leave when they only want to do 800 because their build isn't ready for it yet. Like you need to be able to just leave, do a little bit, see if there's an event there, be like, oh, I've got seven or 800 juice, I'll leave. That'll be well, enough for my map. You can already leave. You can log out, but it like puts you yeah, through two or not, three log, uh, loading screens, not, and it's like, real. why is there not a button for it, right? Like, if I can already do it anyway, why don't you make it convenient? For but me? when I think about like, is it my top three? 
I'm not thinking about, is it the top three for everybody? I'm not thinking about, is this good for like the general player base? Uh, new players going to win. Uh, yes. Like I, I do think about those things, but those are separate thoughts. Like I have to put myself into that. That's not the natural state. The natural state is, am I enjoying it? And this is like everything that I've been missing for a while now. Ways to make my maps significantly harder. I've been complaining about that for leagues. That my maps just can't get hard enough. That's been a recurring complaint for me for like a while. Is that I cannot make maps difficult enough to be worth investing in my character. This changed that. I, maps, these, these mobs can get dangerous. And if you start juicing to like eight mod corrupted things and you do this on top of it. That's going to be insane. It's also like fast action. It doesn't slow me down at all. I click on a portal. I run through, kill mobs, leave. I'm instantly back in my map. There's no load screen. And then I'm off. Yes. Doing things again, which is like. Implementation of is great. Yes. I want to just like the gameplay loop I want is open map, kill monsters, close map. Repeat. Like, that's, I want to do that again. I just want to kill as many monsters as possible. And we've been not doing that a lot recently. So for me, this is sitting in top three with, like, Sentinel. This is just Sentinel with less control. But on top of less, less control, which is a negative, but also less micromanagement, which is a positive. So I'm putting it like roughly equal because with Sentinel, I had to keep building robots, making sure I had the right robots, replacing my gear. This one's just there. So I have less control, but I also don't have to do shit for it. I just launch my map and there it is. You get to spend more time focusing on things that feel more PoE. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wolfio, what's your take on the, the leak mechanic after one, one, I almost said one year of trying it, one week of trying it. I'm actually trying to figure out if I like it or, or just kind of meh right now. Um, I don't think I, I mean, have uh, like a strong opinion about it. It's just, it's always kill monsters, get to it. Kill monsters, get to it, but in a different way. So for me, uh, I had so many, well, not that many, but I had quite a lot of players at the start of the league complaining already that, oh, just POE, there's nothing new. It's, it's the same POE. I mean, yeah. PoE, that's what PoE is. You you kill monsters, you get loot, but in a different way each league. So, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. The only thing that I would want to keep right now is the new new corpses, the, the specters. Those are, I think, the most amazing things ever. And for minion builds, that's just a dream come true. Um, but the rest of the league, if it would go away tomorrow, I wouldn't find I'll so. miss my rucksack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So much. Is anyone here using something else than the charm ascendancy with the rucksack? Will feel? I actually don't really place many items in there. Usually I just place maps that I should run next and forget about yes. them. So I usually don't don't really use it all yeah. that much. Nah, all I use my it as my currency pouch, yeah. All my rolled <laughs> maps, my portals, my wisdoms. The remnants. remnants of corruption, like all of the stuff that I have to carry around with me, is no longer in my main inventory. 
Love it. The thing is about My Portal Scrolls, I, I don't want to swap the spot for Portal and Wisdom Scrolls because I'm so used to one specific spot. So whenever that goes away, I'm going to have to get used to clicking the other spot again. So. Yeah, for that reason, I, I just kept my portal scrolls in, in, in where they are all the time. Give it a try. In half an hour, you will also on the side of you will be missing this so much. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually, feel, hmm? oh no, no, go for it, please. Sorry. Okay. In general, I feel like this mechanic is um, placeholder for testing other mechanics. Also, your sentences feel like they're testing something. I feel like the warlock is just a testing place for okay. If we give this to blood magic, will people play it? And this might be something we might see in one way or another in the future. I hope they will keep the specters one way or another. I actually, also like the idea of having specters that are valuable in terms of you can sell them, you can uh, build around them, but they provide higher benefits. I think it's a really cool idea. I'm not sure what they'll do with the charms. The charms are really cool, but to be honest, I think they're going away simply because they're too much power. They're very hard to balance around people being able to access all kinds of perks everywhere. And I think it's just a four elite thing, but I might be mm -hmm. wrong about that. No, um, absolutely. I love but, the charms, but I also yeah. expect they will go away. I, I won't it, complain if they keep them, though. I love them, but I don't expect yeah, them. Yeah, but take a look at what GG has been doing. Game design-wise, they've been trying to streamline a lot of things. Even the, alternate, the new Transfigured Gems were an approach in the new qualities to get things as streamlinable, <laughs> calculatable, and balanceable as possible. You can actually see them. I can, I can see the Excel spreadsheet through their bell patch notes. I can see the intention there, and I believe this is what they're pretty much going for because PoE is an um, interaction of different messes. So they wanted to get it all, a lot of the things streamlined. And I feel like they every future leak will in include one way to gain power. This will be this was kind of the theme of the past leaks, but I think it will often go away. So I believe that um, they might implement some of that. So maybe they'll keep the unique tool. Maybe I can, they will keep that one around. Um, but I don't think they will be keeping the charms in general. So I might can actually imagine that tinctures might stay one way or another. I feel like tinctures have been an interesting gameplay addition. I know a lot of people who are using them and loving them, and they feel like they are actually so yeah, maybe tinctures will stay in one way or another, but I don't think charms will. Great addition, but the only problem right now is that they compete with charms. And like, yes. why would I use tinctures if I can use charms? And that's There's why charms an... can't go core. Well, the tinctures have an opportunity cost. You replace a flask on top of using the sentence, right? So you, if the tinctures will yeah. be somewhat rebalanced, I can actually imagine them being there, and they may be in a slightly weaker form because they are very, very, very powerful. Um, but the, for the charms, I don't think this will be the case. They're just, you slap this in, you, you get a ton of power, and um, I don't think PoE wants these things to exist. Maybe it will be kind of an, a sentence of its own. I don't think so, but um, I, I don't Silent. know. There, there's Yeah, there are some ways how you can imagine these getting implemented, but there needs to be some sort of trade-off, I think. Um, for For an example of that, my current necromancer has not a single block node anywhere. It's block capped and it's spell block capped and I'm over block capped by like a few percent as well. And I don't have a roomies or anything either. It's just bone offering and offering yep. effect charms. That's it. Yep. And your shield, I assume. No, my shield belongs to my minions. 
It's Necrotic Ages. All right, Necro Ages. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good shit, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I got one for you, Bella, though. You really like charms and you really like the inventory. Would you, <laughs> if presented with the choice, pick a fourth charm slot over the backpack inventory? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't even a question. I can just turn off more loot, man. I. I, I know plenty of people who are like, I wouldn't give up the back for backpack for nothing. No, pra practically speaking, people will give it up. But this is a game design decision. Um, you don't want to give people. I don't think you want to give people such decisions because if you give people a decision to min max the DOE, they will min max, and they will min max to the point where if you would introduce charms into PoE like they were in D2, you know, charms that you get to keep in the inventory, I guarantee you people will fill up their whole inventory with charms and have four slots free to or one slot free to pick up their mirror. And that's basically it. Yeah. So you need to, uh, you pay, I don't think they, they, they are, you definitely need to balance around that. Yeah. So about tinctures, I actually haven't had anyone talk about what's the matter, what people what what tinctures are people using for? The all damage poison. can poison. Is that it? I mean, um, we had a dagger for that. That's the standout, definitely. Yeah, yeah but you don't have yeah. to use the dagger. You can use a bow. You can use a triple elemental bow and just poison with everything. Yep. Poison, shock, freeze. It's all the elemental elements. Those are the ones that people use. I've seen some ignite approaches with that. I've seen people using it for shock, but it's basically the elemental ones. But they're also way too powerful in a way. So I'm not sure how they balance it, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. It could be interesting. There could be in the future maybe some, maybe it's more for PoE too, but kind of itemized ascendancies that uh, certain things become accessible only if you use a special class. So there could be I don't know, a Pathfinder could be using only, all the Pathfinder is the only class available with Stinctures. The Sign is the only one that can use the Charm, something like that. Hmm. It obviously adds new balancing and loot and uh, concerns, but um, I, I do believe that in the current way GG approaches things, we will most likely not see these things implemented to core because there's no opportunity cost. Maybe some of them will be get migrated one way or another. We'll see. I'm not. I'm. I'm honestly just not too concerned with what they decide to put core or not. Yeah. As long as they make my league really fun, and then they make my next league really fun. Like, whatever you take away, you just put new shit in for me, it's fine. That's a good take. Yeah, and the but, whole, now the you will see, but now you will see people complain for seven years, telling that bring back Wildwood and wanting you to come back, and then they'll come back in a form they don't actually enjoy, and they'll start complaining again. I think this is kind of the dance POE does all the time. I mean, look at Ultimatum. Yeah, that, that's something we need to get into as well. Because mm. I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, because I really enjoy the freezes being back, but the, the loot is a little bit different from how I remember it. I'll go last on Ultimatum. <laughs> well, I haven't really done a whole lot. I think Ultimatum is like what I considered Metamorph before, but it's a more enjoyable mechanic. And it's a reliable source of catalysts. I really enjoy that, you know, within a couple of rounds, I can get a stack of catalysts that's big enough to get a white ring base from 0 to 20%. So I can craft myself some nice rings with quality, for example, right? Like, yeah, other than that, I haven't really played too many ultimatums to round 10. 
And I haven't felt compelled to do so because uh, at some point I always dipped out because I was like, well, I stacked so many mods and now this next thing is like a corrupted chest piece that looks like my dog pooped it out. And uh, no, mm -hmm. I'm just going to take what I have instead of risking like randomly dropping out because I make a mistake. That, Most of my, my devs, if not all of my devs, are from Ultimatum. I pretty much don't die outside Ultimatum. That's pretty much the only thing that kills me. There are so many mods that you can't really take. Like, if you shrink the area, if you, if you don't have anything else to take, and then uh, you have to... That's so bad. Yeah, yeah. you also spawn like a degen circle. That is just yeah, yeah. The so choking miasma doesn't doesn't work for you with the random movement of body swap, right? Like because you can't control where you are. Oh yeah, yeah. And sometimes I forget to remove gas when stunned, so I just get rubber banded back into enemies. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Also, I didn't really notice ultimatum being very good for rewards. It's very dangerous, and the rewards are usually I fully expect into Atlas, but. I don't really see good rewards out of it. I got seven years once, and that's it. <laughs> that's my best reward so far. I'm going to go with Ultimatum is interesting, and I don't actually hate it, but I'm not actually doing it much. I feel like it's probably the... it's It has a very different balance approach to loot. So in many mechanics, we see the idea that the more more quantity, more magic might in your character, and you get better loot out of that. The ultimatum does not do that. Or ultimatum does not care about your quantity and rarity. Ultimatum purely cares about your power on your character. And if your build is to if your character is built around being incredibly powerful and able to take on the damage that the challenge of ultimatum which is honestly you need both defense and attack on a very solid level in order to engage with it on a very consistently it feels like it's actually rewarding but pretty much all of the rewards are the last waves nine eight ten maybe different order eight nine ten um those waves is yeah. where you'll be getting the big drops before that this is pretty much bait if you play ultimatum to wave five, you maybe get a catalyst and a chaos or part of that, but that's it. It's not worth your time. If you want to, well, in my opinion, if you want to have, well, it you, depends on the context. You're yeah, you, you, right, you, you either want to go full in, but then you need to be able to take on this very, very hard mechanic, honestly, or you are not doing it at all. And maybe this is a good thing, especially since it kind of presents you with the opportunity to maximize on your power and get out more loot instead of actually maximizing on speed and magic find in order to optimize for loot. And I've seen some statistics on people actually running a lot of ultimatums, and those look very, very compelling. First of all, the catalysts are very expensive. They got a lot of divine drops. They get decent relic of the packs out of that. The uh, inscribed ultimatums are decent. Now, I've got to say, my character is actually not great at that. I've reached level 10 quite often, but this, uh, at the same time, it feels like the ground effects and all of that stuff on a build without cap spell suppression or spell block, I'm not doing that. That is just very, very dangerous, and there's a lot of dangerous mods, so maybe with the mage bed, I'll build something else that I can actually farm ultimatum with, but um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's an interesting mechanic. I feel like a lot of people have been romanticizing, romanticizing it because previously, remember, it is like we have four waves and you get the four waves are fairly easy. Then it ends and you get some solid loot out of that. They can't do that because you can now spawn it consistently 
and you can spec into it on the tree and it doesn't drop loot anymore. So now it's this big all-in or go-home mechanic and mm-hmm. um, it is a different mechanic than people remembered it. It's definitely not the ultimatum from before. I actually like it more game design-wise, but it doesn't actually mean players like it more. So um, I definitely should put this as a asterisk there. But yeah, I think it's I think it's right. I think it actually covers a very specific spot in the meta for something that we did not have before. It's in a sense it's similar to boss fights. You want to go to boss fights because you have a strong character, you fight it, you get loot out of that, and it's a very boss fight alternative in maps. So so what other strategy are you using never think? My other strategy, I've been I never actually had so many different other strategies in the League, I never actually bought and making orbs before because this time I went with like five minutes of POB preparation and five minutes of Atlas preparation. So I had so much to do with the filter this league. So, right now, and this is a strategy I'm very, very happy with. Um, I'm specking full, I can post a screenshot, I'm specking full expedition. Uh, I also have comp- heist on my map. I've been enjoying heist so much in the past days, uh, even running Sublime Vision with Sace on my totem character. So, he zooms through heist really fast. Um, I have full ritual, um, I have full delirium, and I also have, I think there was something else in there, I don't actually remember, uh, oh yeah, tormented spirits and a few other things here and there. Basically, I juice up my maps, often with delirium ops, uh, find the wildwood, juice up the map even more, do the full juice ritual and delirium, ju- ritual and expedition for big drops, and then uh, also grab some contracts and run those for speed later. It's a bit of a weird thing, but I'm thoroughly enjoying the mechanic and the mechanics and getting a lot of out of that as well. Interesting. Um, I only expect into uh, expedition incursion because incursion is just guaranteed. Like every three maps, I get like 40 or 50 chaos out of it by selling the temple. Um, so expedition mm-hmm. incursion. Uh, what else am I running? Actually, oh, and ultimatum. And so far, that's pretty much it. I'm still thinking what else to, to take, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be unspecking out of ultimatum because my next hack is probably not going to be as tanky and uh, it just does not feel worth it if you're not like a super, super min-maxed build. Yeah, you build yeah. for ultimatum. I don't think ultimatum is something you casually take and do. Uh, either you're playing with a supporter or you have a character that is specifically designed to be a tanky damage dealer and can take the challenge on. And I'm not sure how I exactly feel about that because it feels a bit like a meta shift to the general POE consensus. Like you can take some Legion in, kill some mobs, we're not very efficient, and then go out and enjoy your two incubators. But with Ultimatum, it's well, you can leave the mechanic, of course, anytime. You can do it for the first waves. But it feels like the first waves are just not very rewarding. So it's a, uh, um, yeah, it's a, um, and just to verify the the empowerment does apply to the ultimatum right it does empower monsters yes it does right so yeah that's why Wait, the, I was the wildwood does not i don't think wildwood applies to ultimatum i've been looking for the monsters and haven't seen yeah, because... a single monster with a wildwood enchantment maybe i'm wrong but i don't think it does i thought it applied to everything yeah uh, 
I don't think the monsters can maybe maybe I don't know. I, I need to look for it once more. But last time I've been looking for a single wisp monster, I didn't see one. It's maybe it's because they can't drop loot, so they maybe there is some special sort of hmm. check that if the monster can't drop loot, we will not actually empower that. But maybe I'm wrong on this end. So I would actually love to see someone confirming or denying this theory. And I said I've been basically ignoring ultimatum the last maps because I. Other things to focus on. Oh, someone says we cannot drop loot, so it doesn't apply to them. Maybe, maybe, maybe that. All right. So I've been full specced in the ultimatum since day one. Hey, it is my favorite mechanic. It was my favorite mechanic for a while. I'm one of the people who romanticized it and wanted it back. And I have two very competing opinions at the same time. One. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. I absolutely love it. I never want to take it off my atlas. It's fantastic. I love the freezes. I love the difficulty. I love that it's pushed me to make my character tankier when my mapping characters don't normally need to be tanky. I love being forced into finding more power that I normally wouldn't have to find to do the mechanic. I am consistently making it to 10 waves. So I am able to complete it. And I'm never taking it off my atlas for the rest of this private league that we're doing. What what strategy oh, yeah. are you using to to reach ten waves? I uh, which like like whatever I want. Whatever it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm immune to everything. Okay. <laughs> um, but the other side of my brain, the little softcore trade goblin on the back side of my brain here, which I'm trying to ignore this league, tells me with near certainty that if you are fully specced into ultimatum and capable of doing all 10 waves with ease you will still make more money if you literally just walk past it every single time and never interact with it even while you're specced into it it is so utterly unrewarding from a currency really? per standpoint compared to anything else i could have been doing if I was in softcore trade, I can make a mage blood in three days doing heist, essence, delirium, beasts, um, harvest, expedition, uh, six or seven days in harbinger and uh, abyss, and uh, probably four to five days in. Uh, in breach and three days in uh what's the legion three days in legion these are now these are degenerate streamer days i am talking like 16 hours plus of like full min max juicing the shit out of things right like it's not like everybody you shouldn't be able to make a mage blood in three days of casual play in the afternoon i'm talking like degenerate hours but in those same amount of degenerate in those same amount of degenerate hours, doing expedition, not expedition, sorry, doing ultimatum, I think it would take me six to eight weeks. That's how much worse it is than every other mechanic. It's so utterly unrewarding. I don't see any reason anyone should be running it. And shit from a profit per hour standpoint. So those are very competing thoughts, right? One, it's trash. And two, it's amazing. And I never want to take it off because it's so much fun to do. Yeah. 
but it is it's not rewarding like people some people are trying to defend it of oh it's rewarding i got this i got this this is a stack of three divines or whatever but when you like look at how much time it took to do and how much time you could have just run another map in and like it's just not it just isn't and I, so I'm sad about that, and I hope they do something about the rewards, frankly. But luckily, I'm in a private league, so I don't care about profit, and I'm just going to keep doing it because it's fun and I'm enjoying it. And you want the catalysts. Yeah. Yeah, catalysts are right. <laughs> no, but I, I have the same thought where I... What do you said, never think You want need to make your character like really strong, both damage-wise and defense-wise. But then at the same time, when you're at that point, usually you have a character that can clear maps so fast that the time that it takes to complete an ultimatum heavily competes with like just running more maps, right? So it, I think it's in yeah. a very weird place where it's like a very specific niche for characters that aren't fast at clearing maps but have good defense and offense anyway. So bossing characters kind of, right? I guess for my character it would be okay to, to just do the ultimatum on the way to the boss before I piece out of the map. Something like that. I'm not sure. Okay, I'm convinced. I'm about to refund my ultimatum now. <laughs> I'm right. tired of dying and not getting good loot. Uh, let's loop back to the uh, transfigured gems. Wait, first uh, a nice intermediate question. How much did you feel the increased pressure on the GCPs from the flip recipe not working for skill gems anymore? And do you think it's in a good place? I didn't even realize until I tried to sell a, a skill gem and G GCP. Almost all it just completely bricked uh, the skill because, well, the risk for change or should I say not change, but got removed. That so would have been such a good clip if you actually gem. vendored your main skill gem at level yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but another thing I really like, and I'm probably going to be doing more, is running Labyrinth. I don't like Labyrinth. I know many people don't like it, but it's so good. I ran two Uber Labs, and um, because I ran a second time because I wanted to add a bit more quality to my gem and maybe get Empower, and I got Empower, and I got... Uh, um, Added, added more quality to the gem. I think it can go up to 15 or even maybe even up to 20 quality per uh, per enchantment. What do you call it? Not enchantment. I've seen 15. I haven't seen 20. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it can be a lot um, cheaper than just buying GCPs. Just run lab. Uh, if you if you get lucky and get like uh, 8 to 15% quality on a, on a single gem, if you get two fonts, well, you increase the chances of, of upgrading gems by, by twice or getting um, exceptional gems like Empower, Enlighten, Enhance. Those can also be very profitable to sell. So yeah, Lab Farmer is probably... I'm not sure. Are Lab Farmers happy with the changes or not? Because no more helmet enchantments. It's, it's great to be able to just run lab without like thinking, oh, what if I get a good helmet enchant for this or that skill and I need to have like a helmet yeah. base prepared for it, right? But in the same way, now I need sort of gems prepared for it. It's a little bit more likely that I have those around already. Yeah. I really think it's best that helmet enchantments are gone. The only positive side was kind of additional min-maxing levels and they also did a little bit of auto-balancing as in if you're power playing a very meta skill you will most likely have a hard time getting the right enchantment um, or at least it won't be quite as cheap on the helmet you want 
but generally speaking, I'm glad out quality threshold things and uh, enchantments are gone. All three of those felt like they were um, usually not so interesting numeric boosts on top that you had to think of and that you could minimax. They weren't actually making building things more interesting. And PoE is already a game that is full of content. You have like 7 million things to optimize on. You have jewels, corruptions, uh, perfect uniques, quality and gems, all kinds of things. It felt like those were probably the worst out of all available things. So I like the fact that they uh, did rework those. I am not so confident that I like Transfigured Gems being um, a lab-based mechanic. I feel like that's basically, they basically stopped it there because there was a void. They wanted to get rid of enchantments and want to get rid of outqualities because they were creating a ton of, um, I think, creation problems. Every every leak, you need to balance those, you need to check those, you need to create those as well, you need to keep those in check. There's like a lot of things. They're basically tying up the old mechanics together and they've been very nasty from a game development perspective, I believe. So they wanted to get rid of those. And, uh, well, they did, but that basically, um, when they get got rid of those, they, it created a new void. Without those, what do you do with, uh, with Slab? So they said, probably they put as a temporary solution. Okay, we're going to put the new transfigured gems into Lab instead. And so uh, I think it was just to cover the void, but I'm not sure it's actually going to stay there. Uh, we'll see how this works. I thought I was going to hate missing my enchants. It turns out it just takes a lot of annoyance and stress away. Yes. Like I was, especially like upgrading gear and whatnot. You're like, oh man, this helmet I've been wearing for a few days is pretty old. And now I can just craft a new one or find a new one or buy a new one or whatever. And I don't have to worry about either sending it to a lab runner from TFT and waiting a day for it to come back and giving them several divines or going into lab for endless hours to try and find the helm enchant that's like mandatory for the build to feel good. It's just gone. It's just all that, all that annoyance is gone. And I don't really feel like I had anything taken away from me. Like it doesn't like all the, all the trans gems came in and now I just, I'm interested in all the new things. I don't feel like anything was taken from me. But I do hate that they're linked to lab. I'm I'm not a lab runner. I'm not a lab person. I don't like it. Uh, um, the, yeah. I that is for sure why they're there. Because there was a void, right? Like they they took. GG actually. Yeah, GG actually promised. Like, I think like two years ago to rework uh, the lab labyrinth enchantments for gloves and boots, I think, or maybe just for the gloves. And I kept waiting, kept asking that for uh, like every single league. And uh, yeah, we finally got it. And I think we didn't get all the transfigured gems. Did, did anyone know? Did we mention is that all the gems, or we're we gonna introduce more no. gems like later? So no, they set up the system so that they can add more later easily ah. on but we got all the ones that were planned for this patch i think except well, the ones that are most important like held of thunder yeah they definitely didn't do all of them um the this the story was there are way too many planned and then way too many that aren't planned yet but we know we need something for this slot 
and their deal was ignoring heralds and ignoring auras they were going to try and make sure at least every single gem got at least one and then they were just going to pump out as many as they could up until the cutoff time and then there'll be more later and that's that's also why we were getting them in batches they weren't spread out for like media reasons although it would make sense that 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 they might be spread out for media reasons but they weren't they were spread out because they were still getting made <laughs> Like they were, they were getting made up until like I I imagine up until the Thursday probably later than that is probably more made right now that we don't know about yet that are just headed for next patch right like there'll definitely be more I'm there has very to be confident. more I mean it, it, I really like the skill gems that have multiple transfigured version now because there's different ways that you build it you start with the skill right yeah. you transition to the skill somewhere during your act playthrough and then you're like okay which direction do i go from here and yeah it feels really underwhelming when there's only obviously one transfigured skill to go for and sometimes it's not even better than the base skill for what you're trying to do i feel like for every approach to play a specific skill there there should be one transfigured gem that works best for it and there's also another great side effect is the quality rework. I really love that quality is so important now, and it's actually a very big stat. And in most gems, you absolutely care about boosting that. So, for instance, I could boost things over quality or over levels with my Wintry Crossblink or Wintry Blast because quality adds damage per shield effect. Uh, boosting mm -hmm. quality on code snap gives me strong uh, multiplicative chill multiplier. There's uh, so many interesting qualities now. Most curses have interesting qualities, so there's just so much to enjoy there. This is something I also really, really like in terms of the new game design. Um, in Fuselic, it's a so much better system than, well, the default quality sucks, but if you run enough highs, you can get the special quality that is a little bit better for you. Um, and instead of gems basically getting transformed like the old cremation transformation thing so the out quality would sometimes provide the new gem you can just get it as a fully integrated system so i think they have the big advantage now that they can just pump out a new gem anytime it doesn't need to be on release it can come in the next patch it can come even in between if they want that and it feels like it's um better for the players and also better for the game, and I think they took a lot of that from PoE2, to be honest. And what Balor said, that you don't need to take care of your enchantment swapping, I feel like this is a big part of what they're trying to do in PoE2 with the sockets. You basically can swap mm. out gear, you have, don't have to think about that. And I feel like this is an important part of game design elegance, because every time a player needs to do this sort of big swap, it is a potential point where he could leave. Because there needs, there's quite a bit of resistance. And if you think, okay, I want to go for this new item, but then I have to replace my rings, my gems, my enchantments, my special quality type, my double corruptions, and uh, all the things, it's like, okay, or I can go play League of Legends. And then they're like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> and um, this feels like reducing the resistance towards op first optimization definitely makes things a lot more enjoyable to play. Friction. The word, the word. What do you think in general of this? Yeah, I, I feel like when we got um, all quality gems for the first time, it felt like oh, there's so many, so many new possibilities. But later on, we realized that no, many of those are kind of weak and and useless. I, ha I have a, a same feeling about this transfigured gems. That there seems to be a lot of things new, but 
most of them don't seem very good and uh, I worried that it's going to be the same case. What do you think? Is I it... don't think so. So I've had a, a thing I've said a few times, which is that we got about, we got about 120 new gems, right? Ish. Ballpark. In my Sounds opinion, right. looking over them all, about 30 of them were absolute trash, never going to touch them. About 30 of them were just giving me back something I already had in a slightly different way. Just Or just like returning an old alt quality or like some mm -hmm. other usage that they'd taken away. They're giving that back. About 30-ish of those. That leaves about 60-ish that as far as I'm concerned are almost brand new skills. They look the same, but like there are things we will scale entirely different, build entirely different from the original skills. It's almost like we got 60 new skills this league. Like I, I think it's actually the most insane amount of extra skills that we've ever gotten. And it's kind of flown under the radar because it's just, oh, it's just a, a different version of this skill and like yeah it is but also if they gave it a different art and gave it a different name you wouldn't have known and you'd have called you'd have been like oh this new skill is really amazing and like maybe maybe at some point you'd have been like oh that's just like that's it that's sort of like ball lightning if it was stationary or if it moved around in a circle but like they're not. They're new. They're new skills. Like they you just got to reuse all the art, and you got to like lower all of the requirements of building all of those things. But like, there's so much new stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely agree with you, Bob. I feel like there are some gems, and in some cases, I actually found out that those things are actually much more interesting than I thought because I didn't actually think through their design process. For instance. The first, the flame blast of celerity, the one that has very few stages, I first mm. thought it was a terrible skill. But then I actually misread that it automatically explodes once it reaches three charges. And I've been leveling with that on the on totems. It's been just absolutely amazing. The game field has been so smooth. It's like on totem, it goes off in like 0 0.5 seconds. It's, it felt great. Mm. And a lot of skills felt a little bit like that. It feels like in many cases, in most cases, there has been some, sometimes it was just something returning. And in some cases, I'm not even sure why I would use that. But those cases were often cases they actually didn't think it quite through. And in most situations, some the gems were actually something very interesting. I'm not a huge fan of the gems that just remove all of the specialness from a skill. For instance, there's a lightning conduit that just turns it into an AOE. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of those. Those who actually like they're taking a little bit away. With Hex Blast, I can actually get that. But with many skills, it feels like it's not an interesting approach. And there are some gems where I would feel like, well, honestly, I would probably not release that and wait for a more creative and more interesting idea instead. Um, the Eye of Winter, for example, is one of those where I feel like, okay, this could be a little bit cooler. But in especially if the gem itself is already cool, you kind of have expectation that the out version will be something really creative. But just 
taking one half of the skill gem off and making the other one stronger is not what I'm looking for. There's so many things I'm actually looking forward to try out eventually. Uh, the new Wild Strike lo looks really cool. I never thought I'd play Wild Strike. The new Blade Blast is absolutely interesting. I mean, both of them. There's like a very, very, a lot of just super interesting concepts to work around with. And it will definitely lead to an interesting new meta. And uh, yeah, overall, I think it's a, it's a highly positive change. There's very, very little to complain about there. And I usually have a lot to complain about. There are some bugs, however. For example, oh, yeah. the, the Frostblade doesn't even give experience if the monsters die from Dot. <laughs> I mean, on, what? On, on, Sorry? What? Yeah, the Frostblades of Katabases, Katabases. Does not grant experience if monsters die from damage over time. <laughs> on day one, on day one, poison concoction just stopped working completely. We're leveling in a group, and uh, um, we've been splitting in Act Two, and like the, each of us was running in a different direction. And one of our party mates just got the poison concoction. He got surrounded by like three monkeys, and he couldn't kill them because poison concoction was dealing zero damage. He's just been perfectly planning out his build. He's been like going completely haywire over that. So of of course there are bugs. I mean, this is poe in insane complexity and really short sprints for development is basically the name of the game here. I'm not even talking about what the hell they ever did to the performance this league and to the servers, but um, there's definitely bugs going on. But this is stuff that will be fixed in uh, beta testing. As in When you mean like current leak is the beta test for yes. the bugs to be fixed, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. The, the, current, the current leak is always the beta test for the actual implementation, actually. I mean that that's what we opted into, right? Like, I mean that's, that's how, fair. The, the game I fell I, I in mean, love with. I'd rather the them release is, yes. content early and have the players test it out than like them giving us something that you know doesn't sit well with the players because they only tested it internally. I mean, nothing's ever gonna come to the test on the large-scale player base. Yeah, yeah. And um, I absolutely agree with that. And if you want the common and big updates PoE delivers, this is, I believe, the only way to go with. They would, if you would have to cut down on a lot of content, um, if you would want to have a truly tested version of that, and I feel like this is probably the better optimization there. No, and that also goes for the comment that we had in chat when uh, you know the, when Balor said that the skills are basically the same skill, like completely new skills, only using the same graphic. And someone said it's called content reuse. Yeah, that's fair to point out, but it's also fair to point out that there's good forms of content reuse, of bad forms of content reuse, and GGG are the masters of reusing the assets and the content that they make. And uh, you know, if they weren't doing that, then we'd be just getting a lot less content to play with because you know human resources are limited. So if if they're able to do a smart reuse of work that they've done in the past and give us something that feels essentially new, I'm all for it. By the way, have you noticed that empty access for the transfigured gems are very often either glitchy or just doesn't work properly? Like I use for SRS and uh, uh, um, yes. the Ghost Flame, for example. So, yeah, that that's a lot of work if you want to make all the MTXs for all the Transfigured Gems as well. Especially if we make them like uh, visually very different from the default skill gem. 
Yeah, does the, yeah. the big skull SOS, is that visually just a big skull? The one that you tried? Yeah, it's visually a bigger skull, but uh, MTX is kind of underneath it somehow. Uh, I don't know, it looks weird. And that, that's not the only thing. Like the Firestorm uh, of Belting, I believe, the one without the big meter also looks very weird uh, with the MTX. Hmm. Yeah. I figure that will be ironed out over time, right? Like they first prioritize yep. obviously getting these skills out to us and, you know, MTX is a yep. bonus. The Frostblade I'm running is also, even without the MTX, it just spawns a circle around that. But since Frostblade usually leaves a ground effect, it's, it, it looks a little bit like it's just a circle without the ground effect, it's just kind of this blue circle highlight and the MTX, so that also looks weird. But overall, it's still quite enjoyable. But yeah, it's... Once again, it's the same. It's the same problem um, with the speed of iteration. They just can't get everything tested and everything out, uh, so they need to opt in for the most important and the most crucial things, and then iron out things over time. And yeah, as you said, Catmaster, that's what we opted in for. That's the game we play, and I don't think it works any any differently. We can complain about that, but that doesn't change the reality that this is how game development works. Yeah. No, and I mean I'm I'm all for it, right? I I made friends with that idea a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Uh looping back to the lab, uh, I, I think we need to give a clear verdict whether we think that the, the rewards are in a good place now for running lab. I mean, we'll surely talk about this with people who are more lab runner um aficionados, but uh I just don't want lab to exist. Yeah, that, that would be my follow-up question. Is this the first step to slowly phasing out the lab as we know it? For me, it's 100% positive because previously, especially for more niche builds, when you need a specific helmet enchantment on a specific unique helmet that no one uses, it's just <laughs> nightmare getting that. And now, don't need to worry about it. So for me, it's all good. Lab is such a complicated piece of content to discuss. I feel like, especially at the time they've designed it, it's been kind of ingenious. They've managed to build up this sort of uh, roguelike system that has daily generation, it has a lot of different tile pieces with secrets, with traps, with uh, big loot, with opportunities for big rewards. And it felt like it feels like everything is in the right place to be a great piece of content. But people hate it, and I believe people will always hate it. Because people who play PoE want to zoom around, want to kill a lot of monsters, want to find that loot. They don't want to dodge traps and fight for survival for, while we're looking for some levers. It feels like it's a mechanic that even if they if they will make it... Let's, make, let's imagine they will make it 10 times more rewarding. It drops a divine orb every single time. Or something like that. Something insane. People will, still, people will run it now because it's rewarding, but they will still hate it. So I feel like the problem of lab is that this is just a content type that is, does not fit for most people. Some people like that. There's some people who actually genuinely enjoy lab, but sure. especially for proper cognitive long-term gameplay, which is not exactly what people who play PoE for 10 hours per day do, um, you, you don't want to do that. And I feel like they will eventually, maybe they'll leave it in, Maybe they leave it in this form, but also give other ways to approach to getting your gems, maybe add some sort of special orb. I don't know, but I don't believe that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think this 
Okay, I don't have a proper conclusion if they will leave Lab in or not, but I'm personally still not a fan, and I don't think I will be ever a fan, even if I like it game design wise. I'm I'm I should be more clear. I say stuff sometimes just because it's funnier as a bit to say remove lab, but I don't actually really care whether they remove lab or not. I just wish I didn't have to run it for ascendancy. Put yeah, whatever yeah, farmable reward is the master you want. engagement beta. So. Yeah, put whatever farmable reward you want behind lab. There are plenty of lab runners who love lab. There's no reason for me hating it to make you take away lab. I just don't want to run it. Don't make me run it. Like heist. No, I, I don't ever want to run heist. They don't make me run heist, so it's fine. I don't want heist to go away. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm not going to run it. And people who like heist can go run it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same camp. Like the, the lab is a unique piece of content and it's very impressive. Uh, the daily generation, the different tiles. I just feel it would need some love. And, and GGG has admitted to that, right? They want to rework like the tiles or make the lab better and more exciting in the future and this would have been the perfect patch to do it but they just didn't have the mm. time for it i think that's as much as they said in their interview um but yeah it, it should not be uh mandatory to do lab on every character to access the ascendancy power because i think also originally that was like the premise of lab was hey we're adding this kind of thing that is different from regular poe but don't worry it's not going to be mandatory to run it. It's optional for the people who enjoy this kind of gameplay, right? I, I think that was the original premise that we were being sold, and then it was has been the only access to Ascendancy class power basically since their implementation. And uh, yeah, turns out those Ascendancy classes are not just like small buffs, but they're like very, very essential to making a character. And yeah. Um, it's not really optional hate, content at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't hate this part. I mean, we practically do it once a league and then never touch it again. Um, so uh, this part is, I don't really hate it, but this kind of changed now, especially if you're playing self-found or something else where you need to access your transfigure gems. They have actually made lab more important in this patch, a lot more important in this patch. And this is the part where before that it was like, okay, I. I'm not a fan of it, but I'm going to go through that once per leveling and then do one Uber lab per map, uh, per league. Um, maybe twice if I somehow mess up or sleep or sleep in one of them. Um, but tying in, and I could also usually just skip the enchantments myself and I would say, whatever, I'm not, not running level enchantments on and on trade. I would usually just visor base. But now they've basically put it into a place where lab has become more important. And I don't want this to exist. I'm with Barlow that, well, there's people who like lab. They can run that. But I don't think this should be the core part of, of PoE. Um, I feel like it would be much better if transfigured gems would be, I don't know, maybe they can drop. Maybe they can uh, exist. in. Maybe there could be an orb that you upgrade a gem to a transfigured version. There's like a lot of implementations you could go with. I don't think it should be lab. Or lab could yeah. be an alternative to that. I'm not sure. I, I think that <clears throat> would have been the perfect opportunity to give some love to gem cutters, uh, strong boxes, and maybe Val side zones again, to you know have them drop Val versions of transfigured skill gems or something like that. Maybe not frequently, right? Like I mean, it could be one in ten Val side zones that has that mod, but I just feel like that the rework of Val side zones that was last patch, I believe, has has 
fallen a little bit short yeah. of my expectations. It's just there's never any compelling rewards in there. It always feels like a waste of time. It's to, also a numeric balance problem. Um, there is the, the ultimatum mod where you get an ultimatum piece has a frequency of one in 20,000, one in 30,000, something that's so absurd you would never actually run for that. And there was this mod where you could reroll it and people were trying to do that and it's been a complete bait. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like Vow Zones are one of those pieces of content. They could either be cut or they could be reworked. But they're basically at this point just bloat that doesn't improve the game. But to be fair, I like what GG is doing. They're basically, every league, they're taking the worst piece of content they have and replacing it with a much uh, the best thing they can come up with. And I feel Except like for last league with Torment, but yeah. Fair, yeah. Um, and I feel like... I hope that Vowed Zones could be something on that chopping list at some point. Um, Vowed Gems themselves are a good implementation, but I honestly wouldn't even hate it if they would just tie them away from this idea of... I mean, they would not do that because it's kind of historical, but maybe they don't need to be corrupted. Um, there's like a lot of things to look into there. Um, I feel like the just the general gameplay idea of Vowed Zones is not really fun. I mean, do you even run those if you see them in the maps? Maybe part day, day one, one in the league, I go one, into every yeah, mouse corrupt, I'm, corrupted mods. I'm going to be honest, I would things. run them if they didn't have a load screen on the way in and a load screen on the way out. Yeah, if they integrate them properly into maps, like, yeah, that's yeah. a different. Yeah, I agree. I also would love that if they inherited the mods that you have on your map and then had their own map mods on top of that so that they'd be extra hard, right? And then this is something like GG can't do that yet. Yeah, there's something GG can do yet. Maybe they'll come with this deck at some point. Right now, you only have global mods on a map, but if they could make like zo sub zones that have a different subset mm. of mods, that would actually allow them to do much more interesting generation. And looking at how That'd GG be has cool. been has been modernizing their tech stack, I can actually fully imagine that happening. I mean, they've built the Atlas tree. I'm I'm pretty sure they can do that at some point if they see the priority. I'm I'm a big fan of all of the in-map content and a huge not fan of stuff that brings me out of my map. So yep. but like the shit that's downstairs this league, that's in-map content. Like it's a different zone, but it's in map. It's got my map mods on it and it does not make me go through a load screen. Good. Val side areas only bad because we can't just dip in and do them. That's that's the reason. If they if you just clicked it and you were just in the Val area and you just could blast through and then click and be back in your map and there were no load screens, plenty of people would be running them. Plenty. I'd I'd run all of them. Sure. Do you run your Val side zones, Wolfield? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to know. And what is part is whenever I go somewhere through the loading screen, like into the Val zone just to see what's out there. Someone always whispers me for a trade. Now I have to go back for two loading screens, or especially in ultimatum. All the trades happen during ultimatum or when I'm inside the wood. So that's kind of the only problem that I have with the league. At least with ultimatum, you get a break to message them back that you're in the middle yeah. of an ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, no, I, I'd really love to see them be relevant. And like also my little jab at Tormented Spirits there uh, that interrupted Never Sink. I, I really would love Tormented Spirits to be good. Like I've said, I was same. the I most should... hyped about the change last league, but I it's just gonna say the gone. AI is so bad. Yeah, <sighs> I wouldn't mind them being removed. Honestly, I said that last podcast already. Like if they just removed that instead of Metamorph, I would happily still keep Metamorph over Tormented Spirits because I engage more with it and I have more fun than with Tormented Spirits. Like I have this yep. clip from my leveling run where I went to the basilisk in the in the side zone in Act Nine, right? And I found a tormented smuggler in front of the basilisk. Like, and I tried to chase it into the basilisk, and it wouldn't go there. It would just like stay around the pack that it was. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm just <laughs> so enraging. Recently, GG did this rework. I think it was not recently. I think it was in Calandra or something where uh, they've replaced the general scaling of monsters with this idea of monster power. So every monster now has some sort of a buff representation, a numeric power level. That we, we like this counter to see it, but um, it, certain mechanics like tormented spirits and wildwood stuff buff up their power of the monster and sentinel as well. So you can see, no, I think it was in sentinel. So if a monster gets buffed, just become they can just stack these things on top of that. And at this point, Tormented Spirits don't even do that much interesting stuff. Some of them add an additional ability onto the monster, but generally speaking, they're just a power multiplier onto the monster. And I don't mind that. I feel like power multipliers are cool. I feel like it's the core concept of PoE gives us bigger things to fight. It gives us bigger, bit more an interesting loot. But I'm completely with you that I feel like Tormented Spirits so far have been just a huge fight to fight certain abuses, and otherwise they've been just not really a great part of the game. So I would rather see them rework that. If they want that, they create tormented areas. All monsters in this area are tormented and they have their spirit inside there already and there's also some special multipliers on top of it. I don't know. There's like a million things you can think of. Um, it feels like this is also just a piece of content that is not that interesting or not that creative and could be done in many better ways. There is a unique... Uh item Fairgrave's helmet which does interact with tormented spirits and you can be touched by tormented spirits and gain very modifiers for the rest of the map and that's actually a pretty strong buff gives you 50% increased attack sorry all the damage 50% increased attack speed and 50% yeah. gas speed and 50% movement speed so I, I tried to make a build around that last thing but the tormented spirits are just so dumb I just end up deleting that <laughs> This has been mostly influential for magic finding, uh, for vacuum type builds and basically suck up all the mobs and let them all get touched and then you can magic find it for insane profits. But this is kind of the big story of the Storm of the Spirits. And lastly, we've been also farming Storm of the Spirits in the Magic Friend group. We've been running these Nico memories with Storm of the Spirits in them. Those were just amazing. There's a lot of Magic Find. If you kill a monster there, sometimes they drop like 2,000 fusings or uh, an absolute buttload of uh, wing scarabs. So you, Storm of the Spirits are always mostly a Magic Find abuse thing. Uh, and also occasionally killing uh, a person who's relying on their flask to survive. Um, but there's nothing really exciting about them. Uh, would you say it's worth using them right now? You said you you were expecting to Atlas. Oh, yeah, they're worth using. Um, but that's because you, they, you get like five packs that are already tormented, and those packs have more quantity, and sometimes you get like a boss... 
that is surrounded by spirits. And if this doesn't bother you, it's just a quantity boost. But the natural ones that fly around in the map, they will usually either die to AOE or hug the corner like a professional. So there's those are there's also completely pointless. But the ones that inflict uh, tom inflict already tormented, those are good. But then again, if it would be something else, like if five monsters per pack were wildwood spirit touch, or five four monsters per pack were empowered, or five monsters per pack were touched by sentinels, it would be the same outcome. It's uh, just literally the color of the buff. But the idea is you get some hard packs that drop more loot and we spec into that. But there's nothing actually design or flavor-wise that is interesting about this node. I also expect into extra exiles. Oh, this is fun. This is cool. Yeah, that's true. That is very fun. It's a, it's a great way to die in the first days and good for magic finding as well. <laughs> great way to die. Oh, yeah. Exiles on day one that are tormented and you get like 20 of them. That, 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 that leads to hilarious things, especially in the first days. I love that. I need to protect that node. This one's hilarious. Yeah, I think that one's great fun. Also, like, useful later in the league just for farming. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've heard some people do insane stuff in SSF with that. Mm -hmm. uh, just one last question about lab. I know, I'm sorry, I keep coming back to lab, and you guys always try to move away from it, but... It's okay, GG um... as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, are there any enchantments that you miss that need to come back as effects in some shape or form because we've not only lost the helmet enchants that have been rolled into the transfigured gems partially but we've also lost the boot and the glove enchant i personally really loved my off spite glove enchant that whenever i got hit would just do like a fan of projectiles that left chilled ground and obviously that easily enables hyperthermia for builds that can't get it otherwise and uh, uh. in general it's just a, a great mechanism to escape when you're getting hit those were all good things. You had like the spiting and reflection and stun avoidance and leech and but to a, in a way those felt a little bit like a crutch and it's gonna sound mean but I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say to mean make better builds that don't rely on conditional stuff um, and this is probably a better thing to do than relying on leech from your boots. So uh, that is active in just specific situations. So yeah, but the ten percent movement speed if you haven't been hit recently okay, was so okay. good I'm, 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 I'm missing that. Um, I'm missing that for sure. But still, it's uh, honestly, it's for the best that they're gone. It's now that I'm looking at that, I miss some of them. I would still like the movement speed or the uh, defensive Glofton chance. But it's good that they're gone. They've been not good for the game. Mm -hmm. I think. So, I have an, a slightly unrelated topic I'd like to ask everyone. Um, I've always liked leveling. I'm the odd man out. I'm the weirdo. At least according to my Twitch chat, everybody hates leveling. That seems pretty... Not literally everyone, everyone, but like as close to everyone as you can get. Most people seem to hate leveling. I had an overwhelming amount of people this league so far on their league start and on alt leveling that have said being able to pick up 30% movement speed from their secondary ascendancy made leveling suddenly fun. It definitely helps to close the gap between good leveling builds and bad leveling builds. Is is. Is the problem with leveling that everyone has just that we move so slow? Is it literally just that? 
No, no the problem is so. that we move so slow for the most part, but some people move incredibly fast because they get move speed from the tree or they have leveling gear or like get a lucky drop, right? Like I think the, the difference between having zero move speed and 30 move speed is just so big. Whereas like in the end game, we all drop that node because the difference between having 90 and 120 is not that big. I think the big part is that many builds also start much later. So until you, you reach a certain level, your build doesn't really begin. So it feels bad to play what you, you don't really want to play yet. Like uh, sometimes you later switch to a different gem because one gem is better for leveling than the other one. Um, I don't think that is just the movement speed. I, I often well, always get the seven league steps at, the, at on my second character. And uh, it still takes like six hours to, to go through the campaign. And I don't know. Personally, I don't mind that much. But yeah, now that I'm looking at the, at that Ascension node. Yeah, 30% movement speed. If you have no sockets, uh, if you have no gems in your in your boots, that, that is a lot. Combine that with seven league steps and you're zooming, especially on the radar. But still, you have to kill enemies, you know. And but yeah, I think uh, the biggest, the biggest, uh, I guess, uh, reason is that uh, people just don't like playing non-optimized build and uh, yeah, ki like killing weak monsters and just in general doing using skills that they don't want to use just yet. Hmm. That that would be my hey, opinion. I always struggled a little because I enjoy leveling, even my alts and everything. Like I, I legitimately actually like it. It was just I was just very surprised by the amount of people in my chat that were like, "Yo, I actually loved leveling this thirty percent movement speed made the difference." Like, so many people seem to like it, and it's not just movement speed that that also gives fifty percent all rest, twenty five percent all life. Yeah, like, like that's kind of insane. Just, yeah. The, yeah. Like, I kept that node and no gems in all three of those pieces yeah. until well into red maps. <laughs> I was doing tier 14s with 25% life, 50 all rest, and 30 movement speed, and like no gems. <laughs> yeah. I think I also... this could be. Sorry. No, no, you go for it. I feel like, yeah, I feel very similar. So I'm one of the people who dislikes leveling the most. The initial leveling is fun, but this is for me the highest point of friction. I'm going to use that word now. Um, for building a new character and basically potentially leaving the game. I'm not sitting on the mage blood and there's a high chance I won't be even using that because I need to make a new character and I don't want to rework the old one. Because I dislike leveling so much. It takes me out so much of the gameplay. It takes so much time. Um, and I usually dislike it a lot. And I gotta say, I like the initial leveling progress so much more, especially due to the helmet and the boots mod, um, because it did feel faster. So I can actually imagine this is kind of the case that maybe, maybe it, I mean, it is a matter of speed. Of, co of course, it's a matter of speed. You take, uh, you level faster, it takes less time, you get through smoother, you have to play around less with resistances. It definitely helps. Um, I've been always in favor of some sort of a leveling skip for future characters, and at least doing it faster in an actual way feels like a good improvement to me. Yeah, I hear um, on a on a slightly unrelated note, I hear that note is not only good for leveling, but like also because it's on the tincture Wildwood Ascendancy, it's heavily encouraged to go two-hander and then have 
all your the main skill six link in the two-hander and then have no sockets in your chest piece so you get the 100 increased defenses so this allows like for some new builds defense, think about so. es you can now build es bows or es two-handers who have in very high amounts of es uh, even with um energy blade and so forth this is just very very strong so this note will allows for a lot of creativity it might be the best designed note in this whole uh expansion because it is it has an opportunity cost attached to it. It's not just a free thing. It's an interesting opportunity cost. It has places where you want it in an end game and while leveling, it adds something new. It fixes existing problems. I really, really like this. And I think this could be something like a rework Pentium or something. I don't know. I really like this note uh, design-wise. I feel like it's really cool. Is there any strategy how to bind the first NPC uh, faster? People said that they found it, uh, the airless was act two. Mm -hmm. Yes, you find it starting with level 20 from what I've seen. Uh, so you get into the caverns and then you can find it. Um, I mean, maybe even the zone before already. And then you follow the yellow trails. The yellow trails have been the best for me mostly. Maybe you just see them the best. And you usually just make a few new zones and we'll get there quite fast. You can also ask other people, like if you're leveling a second character, you can ask people from your guild or from global to give you a portal to the NPC when they find it. Wait, that I've heard. you can do that? Yeah, yeah, you can share it. Balor's uh, Private League, they've been doing mm -hmm. that early on, like sharing the NPC. So we just open the portal, invite the people, and we can teleport? Yep. Oh. Yep, I've also done that with the King in the Mist. You can also do that in the endgame boss. You can find him and uh, open the portal before that, invite people in there, and get your final note this way. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's maybe something we want to still go into. You had this whole Twitter post about your, uh, well, can I call it a tinfoil hat theory? But, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you have this, uh, I'll just bring it up on screen. This uh, rule theorized that when the King of the Mist or King in the Mist spawns, that it's in the direction, diagonal direction from your spawn point. Have you? How have you found this out? Then, um, how so would you advise I'm, people I'm, go about finding him? I'm not exactly certain this is exactly correct. So I'm, I think Tinfoil rule describes it quite best. Um, but basically, what I'm thinking about that is that GG when they're creating these things, they seem to position you in a way that you are near certain events. I am rather certain this is what they went for because they want you to be able to find events at the start. If they would position you somewhere completely in the darkness and there's just nothing all around you, they will most likely not, um, yeah, that you most likely not want that. So I've been basically observing the first time I found the King and the Mist and I've been looking what kind of, and looking at videos, what kind of things lead to the King. And I've been always feeling that the things that lead to them is nothing. I've never seen a really uh, indicative um, visp trail that leads you to the king. So my theory was that uh, most likely there will most likely there's always events near you. Uh, one second. Sorry, I have a sweet divine trait. I want to accept that. There we go. Um, all right. So 
my theory was that they will most likely place events next to you. I've seen enough videos that people find the king in the mist next to you, and it was it is map design wise, it felt like it's been usually easiest to do that. Um, it's usually kind of in a cross around you because a lot of the um, it seems, and actually it was somewhat confirmed when I saw this one glitch minimap. It seems that the um, obstacles usually spawn above, below, and to the sides of you. So basically, divides the strategy combining all these two parts. A, uh, you will usually find the kings in the mist when there's no wisps there. B, events are usually located next to the spawn point, at least next to the spawn point. This doesn't mean the king can spawn anywhere else. It doesn't mean he will spawn next to you. But we're just checking the cross directions next to you. There's most likely events there, and if there's no mist nearby, no mist nearby, the chance that the kink is there is also quite good. So I've tested it out on I think like 40, 14 maps and found three of those kinks. So I'm talking about the stronghold. There's a lot of confusion going on. There's just this fight that is outside, and you can fight him directly. This is not the um, encounter I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one where you need to click three duck offerings. This is completely different, and this is the one you want to find in the end game. And yeah, after testing it for like a bunch of times, looking at some YouTube videos, it feels like it makes sense. It also it feels like this is the way you find him. So basically, you can just do this X shape or run in a circle around you, and you will. this seems like the best way to find events early on. Now, the disadvantage to that is you'll be finding a little bit less wisps, and it's worse for actually farming charms. So it is not an ideal strategy if you want to farm charms or maximize on wisps. But if you want to maximize your chances to find bosses or completing quests, this feels like the best way to do it. I will be thoroughly testing out that theory this next week. Good luck. If you have if you have a lot of T14 maps that you won't run, he spawns only in T14 players, just chain them. One one, get to the do this cross, leave the map, run the next one. It takes you less than a minute to do this little thing. And sometimes you find some event you want to do anyway, like harvest or beyond. And then oh. you will get a ton of these spawns. How far do you run off? Like one, two screen diagonals? Maybe a bit more, maybe even three, but make it depend a little bit on what you find. So if you find like a huge uh, puddle of wisps, you, you will basically see it's kind of like these events where you just can farm wisps or have a, boss, a few bosses there. If you find light, I usually proceed running there. So my goal is to not run too far away, but run to the point where I feel like I'm running into an obstacle or something is starting there. And then depending on what I want to do, I will either do the content or uh, run back. The goal is to just to check for a lot of potential areas. It's not, and I, yeah, I think this works decently well. I, I based on that drawing, um, I don't do crosses anymore because it was doesn't get me out quick enough. So instead I run about two, two and a half screens in one direction and then I do a big square. Yeah. Same. I'm still looking for the same things, but it uses up my stuff quicker and gets me back out if their events aren't there, which is, True. I, I still, I'm still walking out with three or four K wisps every map anyway. So I'm, I am juicing my map regardless, but I'm mostly hunting for events and bosses and if I just go do a big square, and then that's that I can just leave immediately and I don't backtrack at all. By the way, is there an indication um, how much more you can explore? 
like uh, there's no bar. I, uh, I think so. I think there's a subtle Is one. There? So yes, it feels like there's a light circle around you, and I feel like this light circle has become a little bit more dim and shrinking as you keep exploring. I think this works like that. And if you pick up the light bulbs, you because it seems it becomes bigger again. And maybe it's uh, me going crazy there. Uh, but it feels like it is related to the amount of light you emanate, but I, I'm not sure. Someone uh, mentioned um, that, yeah, and and I tried to figure out if that's the case, but I don't at know. some point you yeah. just at some point you just kind of get a feeling for that. So I'm not really looking at that anymore. I kind of know more or less how much there's left. I can usually tell uh, when it's yeah. When, yeah, I was, was going to ask that as well. It's not time based, definitely, right? It's like, no, no, no. Uh, it's exploration no based. And you can actually, I'm pretty sure you can actually flame dash across spaces to save a little bit of that because it leaves some unexplored content. But um, yeah. Okay. That's very useful information. I'm going to have to try all I, of that. This is actually the first time I've walked into a map this whole podcast because I've been too excited talking. But I'm, I'm walking in to look at the circle to see if I can tell any difference. All right, let us know what you find. <laughs> well, it's a perfect jumping point to talk about the uniques. Have you found any of the new uniques? Which ones have you found? Are you using any of the new uniques in your build? I've already shown you my, uh, what was the name of the jewel? That which was taken. That That's a, a pretty good one. And obviously they can be really good with, like they can roll all the, the prefix and suffix modifiers from the charms, yeah. right? There's no restrictions. Oh. I'm running one of those. I can pop one of them into the chat. Not sure yeah. how to share it better. Uh, other than that, let me think. What else? What What other uniques are there? There are some new replicas. I haven't touched those. New uniques. Um, a friend of mine has been using the new pragmatism armor. Um, the... Isn't no, that I don't like think a, so. Isn't that armor like really bad? You start with plus ten levels, but the more gems you add, the, the more levels. Oh you yeah, use. He, he's a link-based supporter. He likes that. He, he... <laughs> There's also a trick for that. Um, Ulnatol's Val gives you a link in your chest without yeah. having a link in your chest, and also the Chieftain Node gives you a oh. link in your chest that isn't a link in your chest. But it's an and, a, an attack, so. Yes, but now you can have a six link. And there are some attacks that scale with levels now. There always were, like the new Frostblades, but then yeah, also but... Elemental Hit and like other, like those sort of attack-based things. Which, but unfortunately, the, the Chieftain one's melee, so Frostblades is like the only use I can come up with. But it's Lace something... Hammer. I like the yep. unique boots that uh, change movement speed gives up up to 100 percent movement speed uh when you get hit but it's like every time you get hit you get a, a random uh buff between minus or should i say 40 percent reduced movement speed and up to 100 percent increase but you can be um enough uh, what's the wording essentially mitigate the, the negative and you can always have like a, a minimum of zero movement speed or is it base base movement speed yeah. So can't be lowered below be base or whatever, yeah. 
You can't, can you not just uh, run that on an evasion build with uh, the gluttony belt and then just use gluttony uh, to take physical damage when you use a movement skill so you hit yourself yeah, okay. until you, you get the biggest use... possible buff and then just run the map without getting hit because you have so much yeah. evasion that the monsters just don't hit don't you. get hit. Or you can use Forbidden Right, get 100% movement speed and then do the map very quickly. All I'm right. curious, how would that work with like Held of Thunder builds? I'm a big fan of Held of Thunder because you you would you don't need to get hit by the enemy. You can you can hit yourself. So with Held of Thunder, you hit yourself uh, well up to ten times now. So how would that feel? You you move, but then you suddenly start moving slower, faster, slower, faster. It would be very off-putting. Yeah. Yes. Feels like something I want to actually run. Uh, there might be something ways to abuse that, but. I'm looking at most uniques. It feels like the majority of the uniques this league have been not very interesting. Some of them are there probably just to give something back to Heist since they've removed a lot of potential rewards. Um, I think the most interesting ones is their Daunt Chew is something really, really interesting, I think. I haven't really played around that yet, but I can absolutely imagine playing with that. Um, and the new state, the Burden of Shadow, also looks like something that could be absolutely strong if you build around that. But the majority of other things, like the new weird ultimatum ring and pragmatism, and I'm uh, counting the three replica fragility and powerlessness juice as unique is kind of like a, a bit mean. I kind of expected more from that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not that exciting. I think unique-wise, the biggest impact is definitely that which was taken, and everything else is kind of meh. Hmm. I was wondering whether that helmet, um, well, I don't have it here anymore, but there's this low-level helmet, the trickster smile or something like that, that reflects uh -huh. 100 elemental damage to melee attackers randomly of one air. I was wondering whether that could work for like a reflect leveling build, but then uh, reflect only to melee attackers. So, I mean, there's certain monsters that just won't melee attack you, so you'll still have to do something else on top. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know the point of this helmet. This feels like just something to add that potentially drops in the wildwood. Um, it's what I've maybe... built. It's just, you know, also re reducing resistances to zero or setting resistance to zero, it's not even that. I don't know. I'm, 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 maybe someone will make some cheeky way to use it, but yeah, I'm, I'm not impressed at all. Yeah. No, I, I definitely want to see someone make a build with that. <laughs> but yeah, can't really see anything myself. The shield has an interesting modifier. Forty percent of elemental damage from hits taken as physical. Uh, usually, it's it's hard to get something that converts from physical from elemental into physical damage. So maybe something with that and and I don't know, uh, pure physical mitigation build. But it's kind of low level. Wait, wait, I got it. Yeah, it's it's interesting, but I don't see it being used very popularly. Um, it definitely allows for building. It also the block there you would call it pretty much negative. Um, so it is an interesting way to prevent elemental damage on a build that has a lot of physical mitigation. 
But I think the problem we have there is that we already have better systems to mitigate elemental damage there that just have lower drawbacks. So while it does in it does invite some you to build around that. I don't think it is practically something that we'll see use, simply because to me it feels like better alternatives exist. Maybe it's just a leveling item because it's easier to get a lot of resistances while leveling early on, but it's maybe harder to get, especially if you're using Tabla, harder to get physical mitigation. That's oh, a problem. Actually, no, wait. That's actually it's not, it's not a good, it's not a yeah, it's not a good level, it's not a good leveling item. Yeah, <laughs> the other way. Yeah, yeah it's no way. It, it turns Wait, the thing yeah. that's easy to mitigate into the thing that's the hardest to mitigate in the game. Uh, but to be fair, it's easy to have a relatively high amount of armor early on in the game versus the size of the hits, right? And if only 40% of elemental damage from hits is taken as fizz, that makes like uh. really small hits. And if you then have a granite flask with increased armor and maybe some armor gear and some scaling, I could see this being better mitigated than resist cap. Yeah, Bramble Jack is low level, gives a lot of armor early on. Is it, wait, is it Bramble Jack? I think the main problem with the thing is that it's a shield and it doesn't provide anything else. It would provide at least some other defensive or offensive benefits. Um, I could actually see this being used. It's in a very highly competitive sport for both defense and damage. And it just doesn't feel to be offering that much. So he is gonna. If I would be going for a defensive setup, I would be using something like Dawnbreaker and multiple conversions or some tranquility uh, setup. Um, not tranquility, how's it called? Um, transcendent setup. There's like a lot of things that I like a lot more that give me less downsides and uh, also, also have a lot more synergy and also provide these other advantages like Dawnbreaker or Round provides you with a ton of things. And this is just. I'm not sure how I feel about that. This uh, unique design-wise, I feel like this league doesn't offer too much. The Burton Shadows is definitely something to look at, and the new replica items, some of them are quite cool, like Replica Covenant. Um, and some, I feel like, were added just as a way to not have too many good uniques within Ultimatum. Um, yeah. Um, the unique sword name taker um also seems kind of weak but uh what is this up to 100 critical stack multiplier uh that does sound pretty juicy so maybe for like cast and crit bill but the instant leech could be useful it's only yeah, which one is the one you're talking about? the name taker sort name taker i'll try and bring it up it only for hits with this specific weapon yeah yeah, so yeah. it's so. uh Maybe if some build stacks a lot of flat elemental damage, um, maybe I don't know. I don't see what's the purpose of this sword other than yeah stacking mm. flat elemental. I suppose there's an advantage to that, and if you build some sort of a dual wield, or I don't know, maybe some dual wield leaf thing you could put a visit stacks a lot of flat damage you could potentially have a lot of instant each which is uh, certainly not bad because it does pro provide a lot of uh, phantasm someone suggests i don't know maybe uh, i'm yeah maybe you can Wait, animate what, that what as a weapon. Phantasms? 
You could animate it as a weapon, maybe, and use it as on a weapon. On the chains of command? Or on the self-animation, self-animate weapon. So this is something you could probably go for. But overall... Well, if you self-animate, then you just, like, you have to buy a whole bunch of them and throw them on the ground, and then no, they time out. No, no, no. no. There's, uh, there's no reflect. Oh, right. There's... Okay. Yeah. New new tech to play. The with. more interesting thing with the animate weapon of self-reflect would be energy blade because you can activate energy blade, summon the weapons. We are gonna have the energy blade and then uh, disable your energy blade and and get back your your normal weapon to buff those minions. But uh, the duration is very short, and you would have to do that pretty much all the time. Maybe maybe that's the build to play. I definitely like the idea of the new self-animate energy uh, weapon tech. That's definitely something I uh, feel is super cool. But yeah, in general, I'm, I'm. It feels like we have so many cool things to play around with this league. The league itself is good. There's new gems. There's ultimatum. That people have been just quietly accepting the fact that the majority of the uniques is very unexciting. Uh, I haven't actually seen anyone complain about that. Which is good, I suppose. We can't have everything in one league, and this league offers more than enough content. Some some of the new replicas I'm interested in. I haven't yeah. really got excited about any of the uniques except the replicas, but that's fine. That's fine. I got so much. I don't care. Yeah, There's so many much. toys for me to play with. I I'm not. I didn't. I didn't even notice the lack of new uniques until it was brought up just now. <laughs> there's just too many new toys for me to play with. Also, there's one more thing I'd like to mention. It feels like it's a bit of a foreshadowing. It's not even... Uh, if you take a look at the flavor text of all of the replicas, they're very, very similar, and they link to some sort of foreshadowing or event that basically the whole lab or the whole this whole heist complex with the whole research, it's kind of like this SCP Foundation type club that the GG has been uh, thinking of. That they, that something catastrophic happened there. Everyone uh, managed to escape. Their whole uh, uh, there was some catastrophic storm and some event is happening that they can't stop. And this feels like a lot. They've been doing that quite a few times. For instance, before they introduced, I think it was POE. Uh, 3.0, they introduce all of the goddesses or the gods as uniques, like have their relocation patients and all of the other unique um, uniques related to gods. It feels like they're brewing up something that is related to whatever is happening in Heist. Mm. So if you take a look at the description of those, you will see that there's uh, a story being told to all of the uniques. Yeah, there's just a lot of flavor texts that talk about like failed experimentation and and you know prototyping and unexpected effects and all that. I, I wonder whether we'll see uh, some content in the future that relates to that that could possibly be uh, you know the result of uh, careless experimentation with these replicas from a lore point of view, obviously, not 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 <laughs> from actual players. Right, like some some sort of super weapon that escaped the lab, or I don't I don't know, something like that. But yeah, I, I feel like we've uh, done a great job touching upon all the points that I felt were important to touch upon. But before we move on and round this thing off, I'd like to ask you if there's something that you'd still like to talk about, and if there isn't, then tell me about what you're still excited to test with the transfigured gems. 
Wolfie, I'm, I'm sure you got your eye on a number of transfigured gems for uh, future experimentation. I had, but now I'm kind of locked into not knowing what to do. Too many, too many choices, and I'm doing always so many builds. I don't really want to do the same build if there's only just small changes. So I'm just still thinking about what to do. Probably going to be doing volcanic fisher of snacking, as I call it, snacking. Um, it pretty much chains like a valve version, but it doesn't spit out projectiles. So probably going to attempt to do that as a stun build. Maybe, I don't know. Other than that, I really don't know what to do next. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'll say the same thing that I said last time again. I really want to try that Glacial Hammer, dude. Every third hit, guaranteed crit. Maybe some crit ignite with Glacial Hammer. Maybe with two-hander on the Warden, you know, and then go like super big uh, big chest piece. I don't know. I'll find something. And I'm sure it's going to suck. But hey, at least I already got a solid build to fall back on. So I, I, I deserve to do a bad build now. Well, Glacial Hammer has been pretty good for a couple of leagues. Especially with the Trinity and with the uh, Heat Shiver, which got nerfed quite quite hard. It's still really good, by the way. Yeah. It's just uh, I'm seeing it not used a lot of places where it should be looking through Peewee Ninja and stuff. People have abandoned it really quickly. But if it never existed in the past, then we got given a helmet that said, you deal 60% yes. more damage, we'd all be collectively losing our fucking minds. I'm so still yeah, using it's a lot weaker yeah. than it was, but it's sixty percent more damage still. So like, yeah. do we keep looking at it? It's still pretty good. Wait, which helmet are you using talking it about? My the heat shiver. Yeah. Oh right, right, right yeah, Character, it's still insane. Yeah, it's actually it's actually real good still. I just just needed to throw that out there. That's all. The replica heat shiver looks kind of weak. No. Even if you uh, maximize no. the shock effect. Okay, let's say you get up to 100% shock, which very rarely happens. You would only get 50% lighting as extra cold. Well, if even if you get, let's say you only have 50% shock, but you don't even need 100. If you get like 25% extra damage on top, that is very significant and mixing elements lighting and cold has always been a strong yeah. choice i mean if you take a look at core of the brotherhood core of the brotherhood converts this adds damage on top and it, yeah. it takes a helmet spot and also gives you region some defenses it's totally all right it's a powerful item to build for good builds and i think you will you'll see end game builds varying that maybe if you build like a total perfect awakened vogue whatever um elevated helmet there's some things that will start competing for that but as i said i'm using a normal heat shiver right now absolutely satisfying with that and um it's it's really good people are ju just remember the old heat shiver has been uh, adding some stupid 130 percent extra damage and yeah. i had, had to actually talk to people who have been saying it's been fine in ggs over nerfing things uh, but yeah okay yeah, but, you know, I mean, it still gives 60% more damage for a helmet slot. That's really good. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Yes. Yeah, looks really good. Well, what builds are you still uh, doing, Neversync? So I'm going to spoil a bit of a piece of tech that I figured out with a friend, and it's quite awesome. 
Um, mm. So when we started, when we started, when I started with my Frost playing totems, we had a second build, and he was so excited that he actually played it. And the idea there is he also played Frostbling, but he put Frostbling on cast on crit. It's a noxious build to look at, but it's highly effective. And he's been triggering it off the new um, Rage Vortex. The new Rage Vortex is rotating around you. And it's kind of like it's a stationary, it's kind of like a Blade Vortex or a Cyclone, but you don't actually need to channel it. So it triggers all the time off you. It actually has built an infinite rage deck so that you can stay in all the time, but I don't think she's talking about that. It's not so, it's interesting, but not the core point I want to get to. But the interesting thing about that is the rage vortex counts as one attack. One attack. And then there's this little underused gem called ambush. So if oh. you pop an ambush before a rage vortex, you basically have a guaranteed 100% crit and a ton of multiplier on your rage down. vortex. For the whole duration of the rage water, so it's going to generate some rage. So um, you can build it for all kinds of damage or COC builds. And I'm feeling like maybe I'll actually go for a Void Watch or Rakyata's Dance build, build myself some very semi-old school character, build Cyclone and Rage Vortex at the same time, if I can. Um, we'll see how this goes. Or go for some COC variation. But it feels like it's a very cool piece of tech, and I'm pretty sure someone will instantly complain about me spoiling the beans there. Um, that sounds cool. That's pretty crazy. I, I, we were thinking before the, the leak start about uh, putting that frost blink of wintry goodness or whatever his name was, it, its name was, putting that on cast while channeling, potentially with winter orb. Where you just like hold down the button and you through the map. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. That's maybe something I could try. I know that uh MB Extreme is actually playing a Winter Orb Slayer, so it can't be that hard to scale Winter Orb properly if you can do it as a Slayer. Slayer's one of the best Winter Orb entities has been for a while. Oh really? <laughs> uh charge stacking and converting. Okay. They get right. they get like thirty three charges or something really easily, and presumably the new relic catch boots help with that a lot. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and someone You're wrote ambush charge. only works with one hand. That's true. Sorry, one interrupt there. That's true. But rage waters is another trick up its sleeve. It only works with your main hand as well, so you can use all kind of offhand like in the uh, meta oh. with using the added. Statistics. Yeah, statistics, statistics actually work with Rage Vortex. So it's a, it's a bit of a silly setup, but um, those new Transfigured Gems are good. Uh, nice. By the way, oh, oh, never mind, never mind. Just remember something. Okay, fair enough. But honestly, uh, I need to get back into development and further development. I can't no life from me all day long, but <laughs> I want to right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Valor, you want to tease any future plans before we uh, hop uh, off? Oh, uh, my plans? I don't know my plans. Because after this build, which is... I, I never want to stop playing. I just want to play this for three months, but I'm not going to. After this build, uh, I'm going to be picking builds from my private league that other people want and then making them work. And that's... We're going to see how that goes for both fun and community engagement and content on YouTube and see how everything goes. I'm just going to make builds from the 
that people want from the private league that I also like the look of priority to any new uniques or new replicas or new gems or like if there's a new thing priority to those things and I guess priority to those who provide their own POB so you can roast it on stream oh no I don't want wow that's you know you, I feel like you set me up to sound very elitist there but I don't want their path of buildings I'll do a better job on my own I, just the idea. I just want the idea. I'm sorry. That's worse than the potential roast ballot. <laughs> I just want the idea. Just give me the idea. I'll build it. <laughs> that sounds so bad. Keep your POB. I'll do it myself. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. No, that's great. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel what like. What about you, Cat Master? Well, like I said, I, 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 I feel awkwardly drawn to that Glacial Hammer, right? And I feel like I got to do that oh, yeah. because the other build I want to play is I want to have a fast mapper next to my current uh, bossing build. And my intuition tells me that I want to play a uh, Death's Oath Caustic Arrow character. And my chat hates mm. me for that because they've seen me play that build already like multiple so times. Yeah, but it's like such a good mapper, right? Like it would be yeah, the perfect so compliment to my bosser because then I would use that to rush the bosses and generate the invitations and then log on to the bosser to kill the bosses. But I'm sure I can find a like auto bomber something build that I haven't played in recent times oh, that I maybe has righteous fire. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Maybe the mana righteous yeah. fire. Auto exploding specters, trust. Auto but that's been done by you. Like I want, I want my own niche. I want my own little, little thing that I do, where people are like, "Yeah, Catmaster is actually doing that." Give, give the new Blade Blast a try. I feel like people are completely sleeping on the Blade Blast scaling, especially if you can invest in the quality and levels. Uh, it's the Dagger one. Also doing... Yes, it's insane. Yeah, yeah I was uh, looking people... at. Yeah, but Metal is doing now. <laughs> so Listen, price is going if, up. If you don't. If you don't play any skill Mathel's ever played, you don't get to play Peewee. Because he pumps yeah. out a new build like every second day. He's done everything in existence. I <laughs> I've been just... I've been leveling by Frostling Totems and streaming and doing a little bit and then someone says Master has done this build two years ago. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything. He's done everything. Frostling totems have been done. <laughs> yeah. Especially before the transfigured gym. Yeah, like, I mean, not two, two years ago. I think he has done... I have no idea. I'm not following him actively. I occasionally take a look at his YouTube, but yeah, he's pumping out um, a dangerous amount of build. No, but he's he's also... He's got his routine, right? Like, he just starts oh, yeah. a new character every couple of days, and uh, it works. And if you play hey, that many builds, there's also really so many well patterns. There's so many patterns that you see emerging, and essentially you're, like, using the same mechanics over and over. I also personally think I should play way more builds. Like that that's one of the reasons I agree with my audience to not play the Death Self, because every time I play a new build, I learn something new about the game. And I learn something new about the economy as well. Because playing new builds teaches you what other people want on their items. And then you can price your items more efficiently and craft for profit more efficiently. And yeah, that I think that's what I should be doing. But yeah, I'll I'll just always do not the rationally best thing but just whatever impulse i get next and I'm, like, I'm probably just gonna do something with this of again who knows but yeah i feel this this is great we got uh 
a number of episodes still coming up. I'm going to tease the next one. The next one is going to be coming up on the, let me tell you right now. We got an episode coming with Leggy and Lighty, so definitely SSF-oriented, uh, coming in on Wednesday, 11 p.m. GMT again. So 10 hours later start time than this one in four days from now. So uh, that will be fun. If you've missed the beginning of this podcast, you can find the full VOD always on uh, Twitter uh, now and on YouTube and uh, on Twitch for a couple of days before it disappears. And uh, it is also on Spotify with video and on a lot of other podcast platforms as the audio version. Make sure that you guys follow and subscribe to these awesome creators on the panel here. Never Sync with the Filter Blade is uh, the savior for us all on Leak Start, so we don't have to make our own filter from scratch. And uh, yeah, has been doing this for years, so thank you very much for providing that amazing community yeah. tool. And Wolfio is the man for experimenting with weird builds, and uh, definitely check out that YouTube, because I expect there to be a lot of experimental content this league. And um, yeah, that said, I thank you for being here. Thanks that you could make the time. Thanks to the audience for watching. Thanks to all the supporters. And um, looking forward to welcoming you back next time. And until then, have a wonderful day. And bye-bye. Uh, you know, may your... What, what does Sir Gogo always say? May your Val Orbs have interesting results. I think that's a good one. Anyway, shout out. Bye-bye, <laughs> guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.